This aberration, whose only means of expression are wanton violence and destruction. that within every normal system there exists an aberration, something different. This weird aberration society. Very cool. Thanks for the heads up. Yeah, but I was uh, I was kind of, I was worried to see men because I figured it probably isn't about how awesome I am. And <laughs> also, like, um, I don't know. You saw Annihilation, right? Yeah, yeah. I like. So the guy. The guy that wrote the novel Annihilation Vandermeer. reviewed men. Yeah, yeah Vandermeer yeah, gave yeah, a yeah. negative review to men, mm-hmm. which which seems like it should be kind of an illegal thing to do. But <laughs> yeah, I listen. I like Jeff Vandermeer. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I liked Annihilation. I've liked so far. I've said this already, but for me, Alex Garland is like three for three. Like I've 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 I liked right. Ex Machina. I liked Annihilation. Yeah, so did I. Yeah, and I liked men. Um, Wow, that sense it just came out. I liked men. Cut you can cut that and make that sound like that. This is my <laughs> coming out party. Uh, uh, but no, twenty twenty is fine. Yeah, right. Twenty twenty is like oh, you everyone else yeah, join the party. Um, yeah. but wait till um, it's safe, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> right, way to way to come out now, Ryan. When there's no stakes. Um, yeah, but that's that's interesting that Vandermeer had a negative, a negative. You know what? The only the only um. The only thing I will say is that I've heard some criticisms of men, but it's the criticism that I've heard. Uh, well, there's been a couple, but one of the main ones I've heard is people were criticizing Garland for telling the story. Like they were like, as a man, I've heard people say that, well, I, you, you can argue that as a man, he shouldn't, should he be telling this story? Yeah. And I kind of think that's BS. You know what I mean? Like, I, 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 yeah, I, I always think that's a bullshit thing to say. I, yeah, I don't know. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, mean, I, I know you haven't seen it, so I won't ruin it. Um, well, I, I, I want to see it. I'm going to see it. But um, I, I really thought that it was, it. you know, um, I don't know if you've seen Nope yet, uh, but uh, I, did, I did see Nope. Yeah. did see Nope. Um, well, I feel like Garland successfully do, does what nope attempts to do you know what i mean like mm-hmm. you know how nope has all these like thematic sort of uh um elements to it or it's it's being sort of it's trying to say certain things it's trying to have certain social messaging behind it certain sort of like metaphors uh but they're sort of either they're either too um they're either too like, I don't know, like imprecise or they're mm-hmm. heavy handed. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I felt like with Nope. Like, I felt like he was either he was touching on it, but he was barely touching on it or in a way that's so vague that it. Yes. And then in, in other instances, he's like, it's it's a hammer. You know, I felt like that was a little bit of that. And I feel like uh, I guess people would probably say that about men, but I kind of feel like in the areas mm-hmm. where you could call men um, that type of movie, I feel like it's intentional. Like, I don't know. I, yeah. Okay, that's interesting. I, I mean, I'm a little surprised by how overwhelmingly 
praised nope has been yeah i don't i don't think it's a bad movie i thought it was decent but i mean i do agree with what you're saying i think there's a problem for me in it which is that it doesn't the story itself doesn't really fit together it's only these thematic ideas that do you Mm -hmm. you know what i mean And, and those those themes like as i was watching the movie they weren't really coming together i didn't know what the monkey story had to do with the other story right and, and i'm I, i'm not sure i fully believe that all these people talking about it made that connection as they were watching it either because like it doesn't quite work on on the surface level where it needs to also you know well here's the thing about um, the monkey story and here's here's what i, I saw right okay yeah. i saw obviously i felt like the monkey story was it had like no resolution, right? I felt like it was introduced right. and it was part of like Steven Yoon's character's backstory. It, mm-hmm. But ultimately the way his character sort of went away, like, you know, and his, the way his character's story ended kind of felt like, okay, right. what, what, you know, but but I will say this, I saw thematically what he was trying, what, what Jordan Peele was trying to do with the whole idea of the, the monkey being sort of, uh, used this this animal taken from its environment and put in this situation for our entertainment literally on a tv show right uh-huh. and it's the same thing that parallels the ship which is and steven yoon actually replicating that the thing that he saw as a as a young child actor blow up mm-hmm. he's literally doing it um with his little yeah. rest you know which is another whole other like why was he doing this how long was he doing this with his family how long were they aware of the of the of the ship thing like so he was intentionally like having these horses be taken by this thing in front of people like i don't like there's a lot of like questions (laughs) that i was like wait what you know what i mean like yeah so there's a lot of stuff like that (laughs) i I hear what you're saying and and i think that's what peel's trying to do Mm that it's this idea of kind of how we exploit people's pain for entertainment like i think even the um aliens are called the voyeurs or they have somewhere spectators or something mm-hmm. you know and um but i don't know as you're watching the movie like i'm just not convinced that the average audience member is making that connection they're, they're not like, I, I, I didn't make it i didn't i have to read stuff on the internet later you know yeah, yeah. and so, so i'm not sure, i'm not sure the movie works at its most fundamental level like it does i, I mean there's, it, there's parts of it i enjoyed you know but it, sorry, yeah no, no, no. I, I agree. I agree. Um, I feel like I was just, I was cued to watch for those things because I expected, you know what I'm saying? Right. After us. And mm-hmm. I saw, I, I kind of saw the trajectory of like Peel. I was already sort of, it's like when I go see a Nolan movie, right? It's like already yeah. kind of like he's, I'm already expecting him to do that. So I was like in real time, that's, what, but if I would have went in not expecting, I wouldn't have saw that initially. Like, but I was seeing mm-hmm. it cause I'm expecting it. I'm like, I just, at this point, I'm just like, okay, this right. is what he's doing. Um, yeah, but yeah, I can totally see how if you just went in and weren't paying attention, like, because honestly, the movie, and I said this on my like little letterbox review, uh, like, it's like paradoxical, because, like, it's a movie that works, if you don't examine it too closely, but it's designed to be looked at closely. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's one of those movies right. where they're like, you should watch it three times, you should look at this, you should look at that. But when you do that, it exposes... Yeah the holes and the, in the, yeah, the lack of, yeah, the lack of sort of consistent coherency or, or like just logic, logic holes. Like you're like, wait, what, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, a vibe. Definitely. It's a vibe. 
It's you know what I mean? Like, right. I feel, I feel like like that's what it is. It's like, yeah, if you just watch it, like because I was caught up in it, like despite the goofy stuff, like because of the like one, it had great like I feel like the sound design was great. Right. And I also mm-hmm. felt like it just was very, very slick. And that very Spielberg, you know, style of like slick, which I can tell he was influenced by Spielberg with this movie. Um, Definitely. I I mean, I I agree. I I would give like Jordan Peele deserves credit. He's like Mm -hmm. one of the only guys out there making these big movies that still kind of look like real movies, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like like there is that kind of uh, element of kind of awe to it. I saw it with an ex of mine and she loved it. And I, she doesn't watch as many movies as me, but I mean, something about it worked for her, you know? <laughs> I mean, so. Yeah, um, yeah. And I feel like this movie, for like this sort of casual film goer, I feel like this movie mm-hmm. passes the sniff test, right? Mm-hmm. It feels like a movie. Like, you know, regardless of like, yes. the, like you're just like, it's a movie. It's, it, it feels a certain way. It's, it's, there's a level of craftsmanship there. Like, and that's the thing. It's like the, the actual filmmaking, um, is solid enough to where you ignore the story elements that aren't quite completely cooked. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I yeah, feel that totally. way. Like, I feel like it's like almost sort of like, yeah, I don't know. Cause like at first I watched it and I was just like, as enjoyable, but like mm-hmm. I immediately just started thinking about the things that I thought were like, like, but I just started having all these questions and they weren't the type of questions I know Peel wants you to have. Right. right. Peel, Peel wants you to have the type of questions where you're like revisiting the film to see. No, 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 no. I'm having like fundamental questions about like, how is this possible? How is this possible? Why, why would this person do this? Like, mm-hmm. what are the logistics of, you know what I mean? Like I was having questions about stuff like that upon like the end of the movie. I mean, yeah. Totally. But it's yeah. a good movie. It's a yeah. good movie uh, for for like the the average theater goer, I guess. But is it like a classic? No, I wouldn't say anything like that. I feel like there's interesting ideas there, though. You know, there I, are for, for sure. There are for mm-hmm. sure. I'm also not sure, like the I don't I don't want to spoil it, but uh, that the UFO mm-hmm. we'll call it that is as uh, kind of it doesn't look as like kind of like amazing as i feel like the movie wants it to yeah you know what i mean yeah like it yeah, doesn't yeah i respect i respect the sort of the the the, the, the i'm not trying to spoil it but the creature design like i res- yeah. I, I respect that sort of like outside of the box kind of mm-hmm. yeah but when, but when you really look at it you're like really but also i said <laughs> this too it is tremors in the sky that's true yes it's tremors in the sky yeah right it's like it's very similar um let's think about it think about how they interact with the ufo like it's tremors in the instead of on the in the ground it's in the sky (laughs) yeah it's like the the fry's electronics is their corner store yeah yeah, the the fry's electronics thing really bothered me man it really bothered me i mean that's just me because it's such an la centric (laughs) thing like it's such a wink wink to to the in group that I was just like, I couldn't, like, I, I mean, I, I didn't, I fought to like roll my eyes. Cause I'm like, yeah, it's one of those, like, I appreciate little text textures and stuff that like you can pick up and it doesn't really matter mm-hmm. if you notice or not. And movies have though, I like when movies have that, but I feel like that is just too inside baseball. It's just to like the, an LA place. Yeah, yeah. It's it. I think fries fries last time I checked, I think it's out of business. I think they had to like shut it down. So I'm pretty sure oh, that he wow. just like rented it out and like, 
you know, I mean, unless somebody else came and bought it, but yeah, I've been to that fries. Like I know where that is like in the Valley, but it's like, it's one of those places that like, yeah, industry hmm. people, it's like Eddie Brant's or like the new Bev, like, you know, right. it's like industry people know about that weird little electronic store with the UFO on the outside, you know, like it's, mm-hmm. it means nothing to like the average person just watching it. Like, Oh, that's just an electronic store. You know what I mean? So I guess that's it's funny. On the, but just putting two and two together, I've been there. I, that didn't occur to me before. That UFO store. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And no one, no one, like I said, it's, it's just a small thing. But I will say this to be fair to Jordan Peele and to be fair to the movie, the characters are industry people, you know. Mm-hmm. So, right. I mean, you know, they are literally, you know, in the industry, so to speak, in terms of their horse trainers for the stars or Hollywood or whatever. So, I guess, yeah. I guess it kind of works. Yeah, it, it's able to get away with some of that inside baseball stuff. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it feel like this movie summer is like, it's just not happening. I don't know. It's maybe because I didn't see Thor 4, whichever one it is, but like there's no <laughs> movies out. Like, you know, I don't know. It's kind of strange. Yeah, it's weird because I've heard, I heard of some people say that like they thought like the movies are coming back now. And I don't know if it's just, you know, I don't know if it's just like people like us are kind of so jaded to a degree because we sort of are more we pay more attention you know to this type of stuff because i saw someone say that and i was just like i kind of like was it made me feel good in a way but also i was just kind of made me question sort of my own outlook though where i was like am i being a little bit to yeah i mean i really just feel there's not much to see like every mm-hmm. week it's like maybe i'll go see elvis this week i don't know if i want to sit through that whole thing but you know <laughs> yeah baz lurman's elvis i i'll pass yeah. i heard someone say yeah. that they love that movie and i was like okay well you know more power I mean, to you fine <laughs> you know maybe there's things that work in it i'm not a huge baz lurman fan i also don't really like Here, artist elvis. biopics very much yeah um, yeah it doesn't do I, anything i, I find me. they're all the same yeah, yeah, this is yeah. like Baz Luhrmann, Elvis, biopics. It's like a holy trinity of like not, not my thing. <laughs> like you know, so I'm yeah. like, yeah, I probably won't see it ever, and that's fine. But you never know. Yeah. Maybe I'll catch it one day. I mean, I did like his Romeo sure. and Juliet. Yeah, I, I think that's his best movie actually. Yeah, I like that. So you know, but yeah, that was cool in the '90s when you're like a teenager. But like. Even Moulin Rouge, I liked the first time and the second time I could barely finish it. I don't know what changed. It's just like, <laughs> it felt like someone throwing confetti in my face for like two hours. You know what, <laughs> you know what, Moulin Rouge was never something that like I was, it was never targeted towards me, you know, but I will say mm-hmm. this, that video and that song ruined that chance for me. <laughs> Lady Marmalade? Lady, the Lady Marmalade song was so huge and so ubiquitous, That's right? right? That it was like, but... I was like, I'm probably not ever going to watch Moulin Rouge like in its entirety. <laughs> I've caught parts of it over the years. I've seen it on and like, well, oh, Moulin Rouge. But because mm-hmm. of that, that song and that video and all, I was just like, get it, get this away. It like was too dominant in the culture. Like I was just everywhere I went. I heard that song like that video yeah. was on constantly on like TRL and like all that type it of feels stuff, like, you know. It's so weird because you're right. That song was huge and it feels like that has not had a like there's no nostalgia for that song like every other song from that era like is there i've never really kind of heard it like kind of make a comeback anywhere yeah i don't really hear it i think every now and then that song will be like it depends on like if you if you actually which turn on like the regular terrestrial radio and Mm -hmm. it's on one of those like top 40 type style stations 
I feel like every now and then that'll that'll just play like, you know, yeah. like the type of okay. the type of station that plays like random pop songs. Like, I feel like yeah. that comes that's I still from time to time will will hear Lady Marmalade whenever I flick on the radio. OK, yeah, so you still do. Who was that? Pink Maya, Pink, Maya, Christina Aguilera, Christina Aguilera. OK, right? that's I'm, I'm missing somebody. Why do I want to say Missy Elliott? <laughs> possibly i don't know it's definitely those three though you know? oh, i hope my mic's not super hot is my mic hot no you sound good okay cool now um by the way welcome everybody to mutual aberration society uh today my guest is mark palermo um mark palermo is a screenwriter and uh mark uh this is not the first time We've been on one of these uh, things called a podcast together. We've been on several podcasts together. So uh, with that, right. So me and Mark are familiar, but for those who are unfamiliar, um, tell the people who Mark Palermo is better than I just did. (laughs) I'm just, I'm Canadian. I'm a man about town. I don't know. I mean, um, I'm a big movie fan, primarily. Uh, I'm a screenwriter. if you know me for anything, I co-wrote the film Detention, uh, directed by Joseph Kahn. Directed by Andy um, Anderson. No. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, yeah, that other movie. No, no, no. By Joseph Kahn, yes, yes. There's a dude on Saturday Night Live. That's not Andy Anderson. Okay. Um, and, yeah, I, I mean, I'm a kind of indie filmmaker also and currently writing other scripts. Former movie critic. I don't know. It's weird talking about myself. But, yeah, that's, that's who I, I am. That's a between good job. my yeah. own podcasts right now too. Yep. Yes, yes. Uh, from the Ozones, which is currently um, on hiatus. Yeah, on hiatus. Well, I'm kind of re- trying to figure out how to proceed with it. Gotcha. My co-host got too busy with some other things, so yeah, it's just kind of like you know deciding on like if it needs a new direction or you know what steps to take. Yeah, and also I mean, I'm kind of lazy, so things take a while. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've been there. Obviously, I was the last podcast we were on was a similar situation, so I'm like, mm-hmm. and this is sort of like the my pivot, you know, um, which was honestly a pivot back because I was already doing Mutual Aberration Society. Because this was the podcast you had before the last one. Yeah, but it wasn't never. I never stopped. What I did was I did had a moment where I was like, I need to re- kind of regroup and sort of like do mm-hmm. this. So like, I literally just did what I was going to do anyways. You know what I mean? Okay. Well, I mean, I had fun on your last podcast. Yeah, 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 I did too. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was, it was yeah. a great time, man. And, time. and, and like, mm-hmm. I feel like it's more, you know, um, this, this, I will say this, the time constraint um, with, with the other podcast was a thing that like, mm. I, like, I, I like the free form, just let the time be what it is, whether short or long or whatever. Like, I don't like the buzzer aspect. It was never really something that I was too, right. like, I just feel like it's arbitrary. So yeah, I feel like this is a little bit more natural. Um, but mm-hmm. I have, but uh, to switch gears onto today's sort of topic, which our topics will go everywhere. But uh, <laughs> I wanted to talk about uh, the 1984 film Clash. Um, it's a French movie, um, and it is one that I will say is pretty, 
I would categorize it as pretty unknown. Like it's not widely unknown. That being said, somebody decided to give uh because the copy that we watched is a brand new transfer. Um, so yeah, one of the, and I can't, I'm not sure if it was Severin or I'm trying to see who it was that did this new new transfer because it looks really good. Because the first time I saw this movie, yeah. um, I saw it like in 2020 and I watched it and, it and I had a really bad copy. It was like a VHS sort of generation loss like mm -hmm. style copy, um, but it was still effective, right? Um, and yes, yeah, this movie that's, uh, it's a French movie. Um, the director is uh, Raphael Del Pard. Now, I'm familiar with this director because I saw another movie. Uh, and I don't know if you saw this movie, um, but it's also horror. Also has a very sort of dark sort of uh, ending and it's called Night of Death. It takes place in an old folks home. Have you seen this movie, Mark? Uh, I have not. I, I looked up his other stuff and, yeah, and this came movie, across this one. This movie's like, and this is probably, this is the reason why I wanted to see Clash originally is because I saw Night of Death and Night of Death got like mm -hmm. one of those boutique DVD label releases too. I think it was like Synapse. Um, right. And it's like, it was like, again, I don't want to ruin, that's a good movie too. Um, mm -hmm. But the dark tone um, and some of the more I don't know, like extreme aspects to 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 clash, are are you know um, are, come as no surprise for me when I because I saw the his the movie that that other movie the, right the last yeah, but, yeah right, I don't know yeah, if yeah. that came before or after this honestly um offhead but uh so I was a little bit more acquainted so this is your first experience with this with this director right yeah no I hadn't heard of this movie until. I was assigned it for this podcast. Um, That's always good. That's yeah. always my intention. My, my intent is always to like give somebody something that they haven't seen or haven't like known of. Uh, no, that's cool. I, I actually really like kind of walking into the movies, just tabula rasa. And mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm about to watch, but, and then, you know, you kind of have an experience with it. So, uh, you know, I was able to do that with this one. Um, yeah, uh, just going back. I, I tried to also research like who put out the blu-ray i think it's a french only release so it's uh that that came with a subbed uh english track so i'm not sure if it's any like big copy the company like um vinegar syndrome or or yeah. something like that you know, yeah and synapse. It, yeah and um, that's the thing the first time i saw this i'm pretty sure if i remember correctly two years ago i think i watched a dubbed version of this um okay i'm pretty sure it was dubbed like, you right. know what I mean? Like, because when I, because me, I rewatched it again too in preparation for this because I hadn't seen a clean copy until like I, the one I mm -hmm. sent you. So I was like, I need to rewatch it again because we're going to talk about it. And I watched it again with this like pristine looking copy in comparison to like the VHS rip. And that was interesting. I felt like it helped in some ways, but it like also kind of like lessened it in some ways. You know what I mean? Um, okay. But I will say this. Uh, the last 30 minutes of this movie, um, like having gone in and already, like it reminded me of Mitch initially why I responded the way I responded to this movie. Like when it hits that last uh -huh. 30, um, I was just like, oh mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Cause at first I was rewatching it again. Right. I, was, I was like, because it's so clean now. I was like, mm, yeah, it was exposing some of the stuff, you know, that I was like, yeah. 
But then oh, I got okay, to that so last wait. 30 minutes and I was like, oh shit. Yeah, okay. <laughs> when you watch the like non-pristine version of this, it was like a lot darker, I'm guessing. Right. And darker. so you're kind of imagining that the atmosphere of it is something right. maybe a little different than it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's that's interesting. Um I don't I'm kind of curious about this movie because it's like it it seems very obscure. I think there's like on Letterboxd, it's only 155 people have seen it or something like that. Um, Me being one. So I'm kind of one. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I, I'm wondering, like, um, what is the reputation of this movie? Like, it, it's like something people saw on TV maybe sometime and sort of vaguely recall. I don't know. Yeah, I've wondered that same thing. Um, and I really think that this is the type of movie that and this is just my assumption, it feels like the type of movie that like regionally, right? It was like one of those movies that may have been like sort of had a somewhat of a following in like France or, you know what I mean? Like the type, the way that like one of those like HBO films, like, uh, like, I don't know, like what's the movie, um, the movie with the, the Australian teacher uh, with the guys coming to mask, uh, what's the name oh. Fortress, right? Like right. it's like a movie like right, Fortress right. was here. Like Fortress is like an mm -hmm. HBO movie that some people remember. Like, like oh, you remember that movie Fortress? But outside of here, right. you'd be like, what is this? You know what I mean? Like, because there's no mm -hmm. sort of, you know, like I feel like this type, like this this movie specifically, Clash, feels like it would. I don't know if that's necessarily accurate, but that's what it felt like to me. I felt like this is like one of those movies that had to be sort of probably known in France um, by people who saw this maybe. But again, it's like, there's elements to it that are very dark. So it's like, there's like yeah. nudity, there's like violence, there's like all kinds of like things in it that I'm like, well. Yeah, like, where, it, it all kind of deals play? with trauma and stuff. It's funny, I actually looked at some of the IMDB user reviews for it. And one review mentioned that it was vaguely remembered because it played on Chinese television a lot. And people oh, were trying to recall what it was. And I guess like the <laughs> film came to light somehow. Um, right, yeah, so, I mean, I, I know what you mean that the film is weird because it's, it is very minimalistic, I would say. And I think for the first half of it, I was sort of struggling with it a bit. Yeah. But yeah. It, does, it does kind of pick up a bit more at the end. I just kind of felt for a while there was like, there's yeah. just kind of not enough happening for a feature film. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking, listen, I've rewatched it and I was thinking that. And then, like, like I said, uh -huh. when I got to that last half, then I, it reminded myself, like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. Right. Because it, leave, it, it leaves, by the time it's over, it leaves you like, oh, it left you feeling, you know, certain way because it does go dark. Um, mm -hmm. and, and also, like you said, it, there's, it's surreal, right? Like, there's, it had, yeah. So, in, for those who don't know about this movie, basically the plot sort of bare bones is uh, there's a, the, the main character, Martine, is a woman who we're introduced to um, where she's with some, she's waiting in a car um, in, in the middle of nowhere at night and some men approach her and she's scared and, you're, and, and then you mm -hmm. quickly discover that like she's in cahoots uh, with some like, uh, disreputable men. Uh, uh, she's basically mm -hmm. been tasked uh, with taking um, a significant amount of money in a briefcase uh, to another country um, 
and staying at a warehouse and waiting until uh, I forget this man's name is Bueller. Like I kept thinking about like Ferris Bueller. By the way, well, well, well <laughs> it's funny because she she calls him Bay, and Bay. I guess he's like the only guy she knows. Is he's he's her yeah. Bay. You know, I don't know. So that was kind of <laughs> cute. Yeah. Um, but they don't tell you what country. Uh, maybe I missed it. What country is they, she they going don't. to? They, they never don't say you. what okay. country it is, right? So you're like, what? <laughs> okay, so we just know that she's taking a bus uh, with this money that it, we assume is stolen. It's ill-gotten gains, right? And mm -hmm. uh, she's just, you know, she apparently she loves this man, right? Which again, we can unpack that why. I have no idea why she loves this man. Um, mm -hmm. It could do. It, I feel like they try to relate it to her her trauma. All right. Um, but he seems a lot older than her. Right. Like, he's definitely like father figure slash yep. lover slash, you know what I mean? Like, and, and, and you really get the sense of that um, mm -hmm. fairly fast. So uh, she's basically waiting in this empty factory uh, where there's well, one. Let's be precise here. It, it's a mannequin factory. It's a mannequin factory, as we discover when we see all these mannequins. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, she's in this empty mannequin factory, uh, and she and and her only instructions are to like wait there and stay out of sight. Don't let anybody see you. Um, don't mm -hmm. let anybody know you're there. Um, and and her 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 bay <laughs> is going to come. He's going to reach out, make sure she's there, and then he's going to come when he's able to come and get the money. Um, Fair, you know, and that seems simple enough, right? But then she gets there and then you realize like, okay, like why would any sane person want to stay in this place, right? Um, it's creepy, mm. it's dirty, it's an old factory, right? Um, and once she gets to the factory, uh, she discovers that she is in fact not alone, um, that there is a man there, a stranger, um, and this stranger maybe. uh maybe a ghost, uh, maybe a figment of her imagination, um, mm -hmm. maybe a little bit of both, but uh, her stay there becomes, quickly becomes a nightmare. And it sort of, uh, it's sort of her repressed memories from her past begin to manifest themselves. You know what I mean? Um, and that's, yeah. that's pretty much the, the plot. Um, and like you said, mm -hmm. like when you're watching it, um, at first, you're like, is there enough for a movie here? Um, and even after watching it, I still ask that. Is there enough for a movie here? Uh, <laughs> uh, Fair. Yeah. But I mean, it does it does escalate as it goes along. And I think in like the third act, it, um, this movie, it gets this, pretty, this, this pretty wild by about, then. Yeah, this movie's all about the third act. Um, and once mm -hmm. it gets to that third act, like I really feel like that's where it shines uh, because it does a lot of things. Like I mentioned already, like it's just very... Like it's visually it's very surreal it's uh mm -hmm. it, it goes places that you don't expect because what i mean by that is like because you're constantly i don't know if you were but watching this movie even though i've seen it once before i still had that sense of like i was still kind of like unsure of like at moments like where it was going to go tonally you know what i mean like i was like mm -hmm. i was like i know where this is going but like Wait, like, but I kept, I still felt kind of like I didn't, you know what I mean? Where I was like, I don't know. And that's a testament maybe to the filmmaking or to the filmmaker. Yeah, uh, no, I, I agree. I mean, it's, you know, unlike some of the things we were saying about Nope, I felt I was able to, 
I think figure out what most of this meant, especially like as it got to the later parts of the movie. However, the very ending, I'm not sure about. I'm not sure what is implied by that. You know, um, the ending of Nope or the ending of of Clash. The the, the ending of of Clash. Okay. Clash yeah, of 1984. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> so you know that ending. But, you know the ending though. I will say this about this ending. Um, I kind of love it. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. it's 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 dark right and it's you also i also found myself in and seeing like and this is another thing um the ending of a night of death is mm-hmm. similar um and very similar like very similar um so so uh it makes okay. me think about the filmmaker like yo like what is wrong with this guy like <laughs> like what is he trying right. to say because it almost ends with a sense of like you you want to say like there are films that have sort of bleak endings and and they kind of feel like um almost moral judgments right and mm-hmm. i kind of got mm-hmm. the sense where i was like is this filmmaker sort of like morally judging martin you know what i mean like is yeah by you know sort of like uh but then like again this is a movie that deals uh with trauma, right? And it's about a woman's trauma, um, which, like I said, why I feel like this this movie sort of is very similar to to the new, the, the 2022 movie, Men, um, which mm-hmm. is again, one of my favorite movies of this year. Uh, I feel like this is like trafficking in that same like territory. Um, there's Alec, it's like sort of allegorical, like Men is more of an allegory right um for those who don't know like mm-hmm. this this is like it feels allegorical in some ways but it's a little bit more direct like it's not like a full-on right. allegory but it, it it has that sort of i don't know sensibility if, if that uh, makes sense. yeah i mean it didn't like strike me as i was watching it but do you think that this movie has sort of a fear of men element to it or is that just kind of not really part of its text i think it does like i i I really think it does because i'm like because the ending to me shows that and i mean maybe that's just my interpretation but the ending right the ending is sort of like a judgment but also a critique of not only martine but also sort of of men right or of a certain or 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 maybe a specific type of man you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um i mean martine is the only woman in the movie yes Except for herself, except as a for child. herself as a child, right, 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 and, and so, <laughs> and every man in this, I guess, is kind of comes across as threatening in some way. Um, I thought the movie had a really interesting kind of angle to that whole trauma stuff because, like, I think about, like, I think Wes Craven's movies. I think he's really an interesting kind of auteur in a way that he his movies deal with the way we give like the demons in our life, sort of this real estate in our minds, the way that we never get rid of them, the way, you know, like Freddy Krueger is always kind of a part of you, you know? Yeah. And, and and that's sort of what happens here, where this guy who is a totally silent guy that we see walking through this mannequin factory, he kind of looks like he's in an 80s new wave band. I don't know, I, like he's in it, Bauhaus or something. I was about to say that, like he's like a, an extra, another like member of Devo or something. <laughs> yeah yeah but but it's like the 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 film is kind of 
seems to be saying like that she has to embrace her shadow like make it part of her yeah you know and, and even yeah. like the way like she actually like hugs her childhood self at the end it's like you know just it's about kind of embracing your trauma in a way mm-hmm. and so i guess the very very ending of the movie sort of confused me in terms of I don't, you know, I don't know if we want to spoil it, but what yeah, happens there? Yeah. I, I think I, I think we're sure. gonna. I think I think I will. We will spoil it at some point, but when we do, I'm just gonna say it. Be like, hey, this part. If you don't want to hear this yeah. part, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I feel like I do want to talk about that ending in an explicit way. But um, it's interesting that you mentioned Nightmare on Elm Street because I definitely got similar vibes, mm-hmm. and it's interesting because this movie came out the same year. Oh, oh wow, yeah, eighty four. Right, They're both yeah. eighty four. So it's like. I just always when I see movies that sort of have like a lot of elements that I see in other movies that no one's heard of, I always wonder, like, have any of these other filmmakers who made these other movies know about, you know, because there's elements to this that feel like in the air. Yeah, it's kind of got that boiler room aspect to it, you know, (laughs) yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. just just what which is what the factory is here. Um, And yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I do think there's something other as I said, the movie's very minimalistic you might want to make some coffee when you watch it mm. but there there are kind of like cool things in it I, I like this whole sort of but the way that the movie's edited so that it's like, like like as you were saying we don't know like what's really happening or what she's just imagining or also the way like her childhood self is kind of inserted into the film and I wonder this all the time like it's weird to me when I talk to my friends and stuff and they they're very disconnected from their own childhoods or their own own teenage years and to me that's almost offensive it's like this was you this is still a part of who you are how can you pretend you're not this person at all I mean hopefully you've matured past it but that's still an element of you and I think this movie is kind of cool and how it just brings all those different ages in a human being together you know yeah yeah I will say it it was the, the whole like there's I get it. This is a movie in the eighties and it's a movie from France, but like the scene with her and the child at the end was kind of weird. Like, <laughs> Well, it, it is especially because, you know, they're like are two different actors. I mean, it's, yeah. it's not weird because they're, they're both naked and <laughs> I think like one's behind the other and they're hugging. Yeah. And just, so if you take it, if you read it in a book, it would be fine because fine, this is right. her like hugging herself, but you're watching a movie. This is a grown woman hugging a naked child and she's naked too (laughs) yeah and it's a very like intimate moment right and it's just it's just very it's like in a way it's like it's it's kind of like unintentionally unsettling like you're like yeah i'm like especially looking at it through the lens of now you're like yo what what i was kind of like yeah this is kind of yeah maybe this shit was legal in france in 1984 i don't know i don't think you could do this in film today thankfully uh i'm like yeah hopefully not like what is happening uh, but but uh, I do think I did like that aspect though that it, like the child is her. Um, there's something about that that I feel mm-hmm. like is something that like you see uh, reflected in movies today, uh, but not like they deal with that sort of idea and that concept, but they usually held, handled with like flashbacks or you know like to have it be. A sort of like not only sort of flashing back to the past but actually having sort of a manifestation of her childhood self mm-hmm. that she interacts with is to me it's kind of a cool cool sort of more outside art art left of centered sort of way 
yeah. to sort of handle that kind of thing that we see at this point has been, it's a very tropey thing. Like, I feel like in this, mm -hmm. doing it this way is kind of unique. And I did appreciate uh, that about this movie. Like I did, like I was like, Definitely. what did you think about like that, I, that villain though? No, I, I agree. <laughs> I think that the kind of the editing style in that is it's like very elliptical. It reminded me, I don't know if this is a, the right comparison because I haven't seen this movie in a very long time. But it reminded me of the way Soderbergh's The Limey is edited in yeah. a way where it's kind yeah. of like his younger self, but it's kind of these like, the flashbacks are kind of just integrated as like these brief moments, you know? And, and in this movie, it's kind of weird because like a, a lot of the flashbacks of her as a little girl will be like monotone as like green or pink you know like the way you watch old silent movies and some of them try to be sort of in color you like watch mm -hmm. phantom of the opera and one scene is completely green or something that's the way they did it back then you know right, right, right. and it, it, it kind of reminded me of that yeah <laughs> um so that, so yeah i thought that was interesting and i said i remember the, i think there's a point in the film where i can't remember what it said but there's something about how she feels like kind of lost and incomplete as a person so to me this movie is sort of a better kind of trying to become whole in a way, both by kind of embracing her own trauma and kind of that childhood self also. I mean, that's the way I took it. Right. Looking for, yeah. and she's looking for love in all the wrong places. <laughs> she is. Well, she's got uh, her babe, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Don't and th that relationship between her and, and, and it's funny because the translation is like, he's my, he's my friend. He's my my uh what what else she, what did she say she says he's my friend she doesn't say lover but i believe in the dub right. i think they do say that uh which makes more oh, really? sense i believe yeah. if i remember correctly in the english dub that i watched i think it was more like like they were i think it was they were she was saying like like she loved him and like um but when you read the subtitles for this it's she's referring to him as a friend and uh, uh, like her, her dad. <laughs> well, that's interesting. I mean, they never kiss or anything, but yeah, it's weird because he. he well, yeah, wait, they do he, kiss one time. They do. Yeah, they okay. do kiss one time. Um, it's and I don't know if it's in her mind. It might be in her mind because there's a moment where she he finally shows up, right? And remember mm -hmm. when she sees him fighting the guy outside, fighting the the man. Right. Yes. Right before yep. that, there's an embrace and a kiss. So it's, fa okay. it's fairly quick, but he comes in and mm -hmm. they kiss and then they pull away. But you don't know if that's actually happening. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you don't really know. Honestly, I don't know if this movie is even happening. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, at the end of like, ultimately, you know, um, in a way, like, this is like, it's like, again, like men are like Aronofsky's mother, you know? Um, uh, right. You're like, okay, <laughs> did any of this actually happen or is this just an allegorical movie you know what i mean from top to bottom and i feel like you can't completely write that off that like this movie isn't that completely you know it's surreal enough that, 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 that it isn't completely allegorical like, or like yeah, I, completely I, yeah i don't think mind, you, you yeah, yeah i don't think you can rule that out completely like by the end of this movie i don't know you, you could say oh like this is a straightforward movie like you could you could make the case or the argument that this never happened you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, I think so. I actually feel it might be even more logical if that is the case. But what like I, I don't understand, it feels like a dream. Mm -hmm. But what I, I guess what I don't understand is what sets this off? Like what puts her through this 
right. like panic in her mind, you know? Mm -hmm. um, seeing in a mannequin factory, which is kind of interesting. And maybe this is all symbolism too, because mannequins are like sort of human, but without personality or expression. Maybe that's how she feels about herself. I don't know, I'm getting all English major on this, but it's something like that, you know? Um, and, and her world is very small. There's one other character with a name in it, which is Bay, which yeah. is short for something, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's like Bueller. Maybe the cat has a name. I can't remember. What's that? <laughs> I think the name is like, isn't the guy's name like Bueller? I kept thinking like Ferris yeah, Bueller. <laughs> it's, it's something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's like Ferris Bueller's like, okay. Uh, uh, but but um, two, two years before Ferris Bueller came out. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the first, this is inspired Ferris Bueller. This is what... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> made made them decide to uh, sit down and make Ferris Bueller. Uh, no, this is the furthest thing from that. But yeah, I I feel I feel like the movie is edited like a dream, like, and I feel mm -hmm. like the inconsistencies track with like the type of dream reality. You know, um, like like you know mm -hmm. how like you have a dream and it like you can recognize human, you can recognize people in it and. And, but then all of a sudden it shifts and it's like really you can't make heads or tails of like like what like i feel that that, that this movie has that quality like um definitely and, and i feel like it just there's a lot of like cool like again like i keep talking about the third act because i feel like the third act is where all this stuff happens but like the way it kind of like ramps up like the way it's sort of like visually yeah. like the sort of things you're seeing like what's happening on screen in front of you like the, the like her face being like bloodied and then like her stabbing her hand and just all these random things yeah. like the, the 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 figure the guy the fan whatever he is the manifest like, like, he the has guy turning into this big thing of goop yeah right turning yeah. into goop and then very um then them coming out of the goop like it's all yeah. it's all like very much sim it's symbolism right it's clearly totally. symbolism right it's He's the, the filmmaker is clearly trying to like, you know, um, he, he, he's clearly making a statement, right? And he's clearly trying to show you something or say, say something to you about this sort of almost like a rebirth in going through someone's trauma and like coming right. out the other side. And then, but then ultimately I feel like it's almost a pessimistic, uh, a pessimistic viewpoint ultimately, because it's like, I feel like when the ending happens, it's almost as if the filmmaker is saying, well, do, can you really ever really change or get beyond your trauma? Or is it, is it, or does it just doom you? You know? Yeah, I mean? it does seem like that. I mean, because it's true. It's, it's, it is very dreamlike in the way that it's this woman dealing with all those junk in her head and, and that's kind of externalized through the movie. That's how I read it anyway. I think that's probably what the filmmaker is thinking. You know, it's interesting, before this, we were talking about the movie Men before you started recording, which I haven't seen. But you mentioned that some people were saying that Alex Garland was not the person to tell that story. Yeah. yeah. And it's interesting to me because this is, again... Which I don't um, agree with, but... Yeah. No, 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 I don't agree with that either. This yeah. is, again, a male director mm. telling a movie about a woman dealing with in her own stress. But to me, it's like, this is what all the great auteurs movies were. They were all about women walking around cities being depressed. Um, <laughs> that's just what cinema is. That's what like Antonioni was doing. That's what like all those great European filmmakers did. Yeah, sad, you know, so, so, sad pretty women. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, through. that's almost the essence of cinema. You know? yeah, yeah. Um, 
uh, being like sad and stylish and posing against was it Godard that said all you need is a girl and a gun or something like that and i'm like actually all you need is a a a, a pretty woman who's sad like (laughs) you got got that and you have the makings of cinema like (laughs) like yeah a sad woman (laughs) like just yeah there you go uh i feel like that is a uh, a a trope if ever (laughs) like of of, of for sure specifically like european film but even even american film to a certain degree all no definitely agree um uh, yeah specifically and we for were in directors but yeah right right but i mean i don't know there's a, there's something just very kind of i think compelling about a character like that to most audiences or just the kind of cinephile audiences like yeah just because kind of, they're you know it's the pervy aspect of movies that's very voyeuristic it's yeah. like oh, yeah. i just yeah. want to watch this person walk around for two hours you know and, this and that's has kind of that. what yes this has that yeah. um yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely has that quality because she is. You do feel like she is sort of like uh, she is shot a certain way. Um, the mm-hmm. camera sort of like like she's very much. Not only is she the focal point of the whole entire thing, right? But just the way like she's presented to us in the frame and like you know the shots of her, like obviously her showering naked in the dirtiest nastiest fucking <laughs> a warehouse laying in a sleeping bag on the floor like you yeah. know um just a lot of uh, dust in this movie a lot yeah. of dust right but but yep. she remains fairly like she's the cleanest yeah. looking woman even despite the fact that she's <laughs> in the dirtiest place ever you know um <laughs> it's true uh, yeah. uh you know um like in solaris or <laughs> yeah that's where yeah. a stalker yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah there's that aspect to it where i'm just like i did find like myself like wanting to watch her so like the the point is like that first part of the 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 first half of of clash where you're Mm -hmm. like sort of like i don't know about this like what keeps you watching is the fact that she's watchable you know what i mean like the fact that like they shoot her in a way and i mean i guess sort of i guess you could say it is the male gaze right but they shoot her in a way that like is you know at least keeps your attention right like mm-hmm. like yeah. it keeps you it keeps you in it even when you're like sort of on the fence you're like mm. because I, that's several times i was watching it and i was just like hmm but like she's watchable and and, and the way you know like so it's like okay so i once it hit the the moments where things really started to ramp up then it was like, oh, and it really paid off and, I, and honestly you know i'm not really like this i'm interested like first time seeing this i was like yo i wonder what else like this actress is in, um, mm-hmm. and I wonder this is how her most popular movie on Letterboxd gives you like a range be. by popularity. Yeah, and it's it not sh- a very it popular should. film. It's not a very popular <laughs> yeah. film. I so she, yeah. but if she because I don't know of her, like, and I watched this, yeah. I'm like, this should be her most popular film. Like, like you know what I mean? It like really does her justice because what's like, her name? Catherine Alric. Uh, yes, I think that's what I wrote. Um, uh, yeah, she's 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 a, like I don't know. Like I feel like. Like there's moments like she has to do a lot like you know she has Definitely. to react be terrified be like all of these things she really has to sell because it's really just her for the most part mm-hmm. like you know what i mean just her interacting with nothing almost you know what i mean like that there's yeah, other it, actors it's, it's, there but there's almost like furniture in some ways you know <laughs> like, it's mostly like a one woman show that way i mean you're right other actors came into it but it, it has this kind of element of like performance art 
or mm. something. Yeah. Maybe partly because it's all kind of contained in, in one setting. It uses a lot of symbolism, things like that. It's funny, we were originally planning to talk about Jodorowsky's movie, Santa, Santa Sangre. Yes. And, and, and what nationality is he? Is like Argentinian Mexican, maybe? Right, or no, Mexican. is he? Is he I, I always thought Jodorowsky is, I could be wrong. The sad You're part probably is- probably right. The sad part is I have like the Jordorowski box set in a Jordorowski book, and I should know that answer. But... I have that box set too. Santa yeah. Sangre is not part of the one. Yeah, it's I not have, part but... of it either. I was I was kind of annoyed when I first got that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is not Santa Sangre. Uh, yeah. So, it's but... Why, why, but but watching Santa <laughs> Sangre, I was thinking, like, this is kind of interesting because it feels like Jodorowsky's attempt at making a giallo. Right. And watching Clash, I, I sort of felt the same thing. It was it was almost like it's kind of like a French giallo in a way, maybe kind of like, I don't think the surprise is like the kind of grand Guignol aspect of it is as big in, in Clash for sure. Mm -hmm. But but it sort of has that aspect to it too, you know? Um, okay, well, hold up. First of all, Jordorowski is 93 years old. Wow. Second of all, uh, he's wow. Chilean, oh, Chilean okay. French. Multimedia. We're both wrong. We're okay. both wrong. I just needed to clarify that for the record because I'm over here, you know, saying but talk about Jodorowsky. And I'm like, wait a minute, hold up. Where the fuck is Jodorowsky yeah. from? Yeah. Um, but it's I mean, I mean, we, we he's both, not from we both Earth. should have known that. But yeah. he's not from Earth, so it's fair. Like he's really not from here. He's from somewhere it, it's else. True. <laughs> he's like it's uh, true. He, he transcends he's on some, some different plane. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely that type of artist. Uh but yeah, you're 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 right. Um I, I don't know, like. I, something something about movies like this that I just they just I don't know like and I have to say this I have to say this uh, that the villain in this feels I don't know like I'm on like he's not I never viewed him as threatening really you know no, what I mean? Because what does he do exactly? Right. I never really viewed him as like, I mean, he drinks boiling hot water, so whatever that's about. Uh, <laughs> I'm still trying yeah, to piece I, that together I, in my I, mind. I thought he was like making soup all the time. Like, where's he getting He's like literally meat? drinking <laughs> boiling water out of a pot. Like, I don't know what that's about. Like, I still... Yeah, what's that about? That is pretty... Odd. I'm still trying to figure what what the point of that was. I'm sure it has a meaning. I'm sure. Um, so just put out like an action figure of him that comes with a <laughs> pot of water. <laughs> uh, very extreme close-ups of his bottom teeth that were very. Um, I don't have the best bottom teeth, but I'm like, fuck, like, you know, like <laughs> I'm like, man, I need to go to the dentist. But I'm like, yeah, that's pretty bad. Uh, uh, I've been to the dentist in so long. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know. I, I I need to go. But um, it this movie reminded me of that. So um, yeah, that villain. I don't know. Like, he's it, just an interesting kind of like character because he's not a character you know what i mean i mean there's something about him too where is the movie really clear about what crime he committed no because when place? you see the flashback right all you see mm -hmm. is the you see the birthmark on his hand right but yeah but martine walks in on a man uh basically we assume he's raping her mother mm -hmm. right that's what i assume mm -hmm. because like he's on yeah. top of her they're nude. She's fighting him though, right? Like she's biting, you know what I mean? And he's like, and he has a birthmark on his hand, right? Now it's not the same man that she sees with, you know, it's not, you know, that's something to, to take into a, like into consideration. So this is, a, he's, he's a shape, you know how they call like Michael Myers, the shape. 
Like, no, yeah. this is the shape. He is whatever you put onto him. He's like you the know? figment of her right. imagination. Imagine, right, yeah. right. He is whatever you project onto him. He's literally empty, you know, and in and of itself, he's like this void, like, and, and, and he becomes menacing and he's, mm -hmm. but, but it's, you feel like it's all born, which it is, it's all born from her. Right. You know, so. Right. Yeah. And, and uh, I mean, also he's a mute, like he, he never says anything. He doesn't, and I wonder yeah. if that's maybe she never heard the guy who raped her mom say anything perhaps, mm. but, but I'm also kind of went back to Santa Sangre too, because that film also has a mute character who's this little girl at the circus and it also has in that movie his mother has no arms so <laughs> there's all there's kind of like sensory deprivation going on in both these films this movie clash also has blindness used and by the way i don't know i i can't look at i'm not squeamish at all but i hate looking at gross shit with food in movies i don't know why like people and just like that ketchup on that person's that girl's eyelids. eyes like, i was like it, it looked like yeah. you know i was looking at that too and i was like is that like like the the sort of like solid licorice <laughs> like what, 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 yeah. like, what, what was it supposed to be <laughs> like i don't know what it, i don't know i still don't know what that was like i, I was like why is yeah. that over the yeah you know there's yeah there's stuff about this movie mm -hmm. that you're just like hmm like okay kind of like nope <laughs> <laughs> like no right. is like that where you're like why is this wait a minute hold on okay right why, why is that shoe standing but in this context yeah. for clash uh -huh. it has the the fallback of it being sort of dream logic right so so therefore mm -hmm. it's able to get away with that like where yeah. nope is not operating in dream logic at all like you know what i mean like it's so there's that aspect right. of it where you're like you can get away with a lot of shit if it's presented as reality isn't what you what is actually you're perceiving like you know what i mean like um yeah 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 i think that's true but i also do think that like pulling off that kind of dream world in a movie is a difficult thing and mm. i think like the directors who have really done it in a way where i kind of like lose myself in it is like like I think David Lynch is very good at it, for example. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're just kind of, you're in this other universe. Um, mm -hmm. This movie, I think it's like, it's done with some skill. It's like, it's well cut. The movie's pretty well shot. There's like some cool camera moves in it and things. The score is good. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I kind of, I never kind of had that moment where I lost where I was yeah, as a yeah, viewer yeah. of it, you know? Yeah, I feel yeah. that. Yeah, I feel that same yeah i feel like you don't really there's never a sense of you don't know like where you like what's going like even even when the stuff is happening that you're just sort of like questioning it's still it's still sort of stays within the bounds of the story that it is so like mm -hmm. where you actually kind of accept that like it's not it's not yeah you know it's it's basically it's dictated the boundaries for the for the for the audience therefore mm -hmm. it, and it, it never sort of goes beyond those boundaries even though those boundaries are very uh fluid right it's in a, right. in a way where a movie like nope it tries to establish these hard rules uh, but doesn't yeah. seem to really adhere to them like and it no it's true you know yeah I mean? I mean nope is definitely setting up its own rules of 
of a reality that we're mm-hmm. supposed to take at face value, I think. Don't look it in the eyes, you know. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Yo, there's so much I want to say about that. Like, but, but, but like, even the don't the don't look at it eyes is kind of like that is like a dream rule too. That's something that I would think in my dream. Like, so apparently, apparently the logic yep. is if it sees the eyes of a drawing. <laughs> but what? If it's if it sees the eyes of a drawing, it attacks. Like because oh. remember the little ghosts, the little uh, not the little blow up men from outside, like yeah. outside of car dealerships. Yep. When it saw the face that's drawn oh. on those things, it would it would assume it's like food. <laughs> wow. Okay. You know what I'm like, I don't want to spoil nope too much, but I don't feel that spoiled it. But, you know, um, I still haven't quite alluded <laughs> to what the, it is. But, you know, mm-hmm. um, so, I, yeah, but th- th- that's the type of question that like a movie like nope gives like leaves you with. You're like, wait a minute. How does this really work? You know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I think so, that Mope kind of demands a lot of things we just sort of take for granted. Like yeah. even their whole setup of this picture they're trying to take, and that's gonna. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, know, listen, like, listen, like, the, is this the, really the gonna we, work? The well, <laughs> the well picture thing. I saw it, and I knew immediately. I was like, "This is gonna come back." <laughs> and I was just like, "I wish." Here's the thing. I wish he would have done. I wish he wouldn't have came back to that and came back to the the Daniel Yoon storyline and made it work give it uh-huh. gave it gave it a satisfying sort of like resolution i and, and never came back to the well thing ever literally returned to the well that is so hilarious oh my god <laughs> i just thought about that he literally returned to the well <laughs> oh my god because like it, he couldn't it, 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 help it. academic yeah yeah he couldn't help <laughs> returning to the well both metaphorically and literally um uh yeah well, so well, what is like, your take on I know we're getting a bit sidetracked, but maybe that's okay. What's your take on like Jordan Peele's three movies? Like, do you think, is this a strong body of work? How do you feel it's going? I feel like after three movies, he's established himself as a filmmaker of note. Um, despite, mm-hmm. despite the fact that I feel like us and Nope are not as good as get out um, i would agree yeah um, get out's the best of them yeah by far but and i think i've i think it was uh trevor from uh champagne shark said something to the effect of uh, and he's more critical of peel than i am uh but mm-hmm. i heard him say something to the effect of the difference he thinks between get out and hit in these other two films are that jordan peel actually made get out uh from the standpoint of something he cared about, like something that was mm. about his life. Like, you know what I mean? When you know, when you look into Jordan Peele's background and like the whole, like the whole element of, 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 of him, like growing up and his father not being there and him, his mother being a white woman, his father being a black person, not being there. And then, you know, obviously mm-hmm. he's married to, uh, what's the comedian, uh, che- oh, che- what's her name? Chelsea. Chelsea. I forget, I forget her name. She's funny. The, the but, one yeah. On that um, show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, and like, you know, so like, it felt like that, he Peretti. was cre- he was create yeah Chelsea Peretti so he was creating art from like ins- directly inspired by his his actual like worldview and life and us right. and Nope feel like they're not directly tied to him like you know what I mean they feel like bigger ideas right and trafficking in territory that he's interested in but also it's also sort of trying to appeal to sort of uh 
the sort of marketing of who Jordan Peele is after the success of Get Out? Yeah, I mean, I, I sort of worry, I agree with all of that. I sort of worry that Get Out had kind of had him branded too much in a way that he yeah. bought into, which is like, I make movies now about, I make horror films that are allegorical that deal with kind of social issues revolving around race or class, right? right. Um, even as Twilight Zone series did that too. Mm -hmm. Candyman, which he produced, did that. So <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, I kind of feel like, um, I, I think actually us and Nope are, they sort of skate around this a bit because I think the average viewer can watch those movies and not really kind of be too aware of a social context to them so yeah. I sort of think they work on both levels but it's also I don't know it also just kind of feels like it's harder for him to be surprising when people know that this is his mo you know but also this here's the difference between those three movies right this is the thing that mm -hmm. I feel like is a distinction that separates get out from us and don't which is get out can mm -hmm. be watched on a surface level and it works Right. Like mm -hmm. you can literally not pay attention totally. to any of the like sort of undercurrent or the things that's saying in terms thematically or whatever. And it still works. And you get it. And you yeah. get it. Us and Nope, that's not the case. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're actually movies that draw attention to those things. Right. Yeah. They're like puzzles. You know what I mean? Like um, and it's like putting that in the forefront instead of in the background, like as, as yeah. we get out, put it in the background. Right. And, and the actual like story and plot was in the forefront. His, his following two next two movies, they don't, they, they flip that. So it's like all of that thematic stuff is in the forefront. Like it's, it seems like that is totally. the focus. And I feel like that's I, I, where I it think failed. this is kind of bigger than a Jordan Peele issue now too, because I mm. sort of feel like horror movies in general have been doing this too much lately. I don't want to, I've actually enjoyed all of Jordan Peele's movies to some degree, so I'm not trying to pick on it. Yeah, right, I, me too, I, me too. Even though I'm critical of them, I still can, I've still got to derive some like enjoyment from both us and Nope. Like there are moments when I'm like, oh, exactly. that's fun. Even though I feel yeah. like they're not perfect movies by no stretch or, or like they're just, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, but but it, it does feel that in recent years there's been like more academic writing about horror films. And because of that, what used to be the subtext of movies, like the people under the stairs, dealing mm -hmm. with housing issues or racial issues that was there in the movie but now that if that movie was remade that would be front and center you know it's like the the kind of subversive fun of these movies was that they were kind of progressive in a way in a way that most people didn't see they just thought horror movies were like bad for your health but this mm -hmm. there's there this interesting aspect to them too and now that's kind of taken that's the happened. foreground yeah yeah, yeah. And, and once it takes the foreground it immediately becomes less interesting to me, you know? Yeah, I, I think that's spot on. Like, I, I agree with you 100%. And I do feel like that has become like sort of subtext is dead in Hollywood films. Like, you know what I mean? Yep. Because there's no longer, the subtext is, is now the text, right? <laughs> it is it, right. like, totally, it just, yeah. it's it right out in front, forefront and center so that you know what it's saying. And I feel like it lessens the sort of the art, right? It just makes it lesser. And, and, and when it, in, in, in respect to Jordan Peele's work, like, I do feel like there's one thing that he sort of suffers from as a filmmaker is post get out success. We saw so many get out ripoffs and so many riffs off of that, mm. the motifs and themes that it takes mm -hmm. away from Jordan Peele's stuff now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like when Tarantino right. came out and then everyone was making fake Tarantino movies. 
right those two days in the valley kind of things yeah yeah like all we saw all of these movies you know romeo is bleeding and fucking all these movies even even movies like the big hit like they were all like ripping off tarantino right you know which which is funny because tarantino's a pastiche artist you know but but and i mean and i guess it just became this 90s style after that yeah 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 and jordan peele is a pastiche artist too let's be real because and this mm-hmm. is another valid criticism and critique of a lot of stuff that's made now, not just Jordan Peele, just not just be focused on him, but he falls under this, you know, umbrella as well, as do many filmmakers, is now that like movies are all about referencing other movies. Like they, you know what I mean? Like, like when you watch Nope or you watch Us, you see all of the influences, right? You see like literal little yeah. direct shots taken from stuff, you know what I'm saying? Like, and you're like, hmm. And like gone are the days of like movies being inspired by life, you know. Um, I feel like that's yeah. what's missing, you know. Like I feel like it's like you can never get away from like completely being um, referential to other sort of insp- works that insp- I think that's how it works. You are inspired by other things, but I feel mm-hmm. like there's there's there needs to be a balance, right? Like there needs it needs to be at least some of that is inspired by I feel like your life. Some of it has to like some like I don't I feel yeah. like that's just like not a big it's not as prominent in films, at least big Hollywood studio movies anymore. Like it's like all referencing other movies, you know? No, like, totally. And I um yeah, I totally agree with that. But I as you alluded to, I wonder if it can really be avoided just because it, it almost feels like you know, I don't want to be too doom and gloom, but it kind of feels like we like art peaked <laughs> a few years no, ago. Oh, definitely. Or, definitely. Or, or something. And, and, now, and now like people are, well, what can we do with the pieces of this other art? And I don't think it's impossible for like a new thing to happen or that we'll be inspired again. But that there is this sort of sense that also everyone is just plugged in all the time, that they're not living their lives as much like the nostalgia industry is huge now. I think with the internet, everything is cool. Every era is cool all at once. You can live in the 30s if you want. Most people are living in the early 2000s or 90s now. Um, that well, like, it's just kind of- If you're a rockabilly in 2022, I believe you should be, we should publicly <laughs> sacrifice you to a volcano. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I, Ryan does not want to see the Elvis movie. Okay. <laughs> anti-rockabilly <laughs> yeah yeah so i mean i don't know i mean it's been interesting watching like the, you know there's um the, the new matrix film and the new mm-hmm. like space jam which i didn't see but i've heard about it oh, and, yeah, and there's uh the, the, this new barbie movie coming out there's just the new ideas that are happening are new ideas and how to do meta in a way that kind of where the product exists within the movie it's 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 yeah. inception the layers to the dream right like how deep how like you're three four layers deep into the dream like you know what i mean uh uh, but but i mean if we're being honest with ourselves this is how most of us experience life online now too i think yeah that we are kind of so drenched in this like capitalism and nostalgia and irony Mm-hmm. we're all just kind of trying to find like what's a fresh way that we can package this as a meme as a new joke i don't know you yeah know? yeah and, and yeah uh, i'm definitely terminally online for sure <laughs> yeah i mean I, it's yeah. crazy man because i i deal with it too and i hear people like you know they take like an online detox for a week and say they're so much happier and i'm like i want to do that but 
how will I know what's going on if I'm offline for a week? You know, that's yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's, what if someone says something? I mean, you know, it's kind yeah, of. Yeah. It's really changed the way we sort of, you know, uh, maneuver like and, and live our lives. Like it's, it's changed radically in such a short amount of time. Like, um, mm -hmm. because we're, we're of the age where we remember when it wasn't this way and we're not like ancient, you know what I mean? Like we're not like boomers or, or like, generation before that you know like yep we're at a certain age where we literally can still sort of have in the not too distant past memories of a pre-internet era um and then be fully submersed in the now and and, and oh totally yeah we were the we're gonna be the last people who still remember life offline and yeah, we're like the people that transitioned from like horse and buggy to cars totally, <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? like, yeah, like we, yeah, we have true. that perspective we, 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 like yeah. At some point, be the holders of an ancient knowledge who are still living, and no one else will. It's, it's <laughs> we'll pretty be, interesting. We'll, we'll be like those. Uh, what's one of those guys in uh, in the three hundred? Those old fucking. <laughs> they go. They go on top of the mountain, and there's these like. Uh, <laughs> they have all the wisdom. They're like disgusting. Like basically. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, I, that's. I need to watch that again. I did like in three hundred, part two rise of the empire or whatever it was called they go to like this island to meet uh, eva green where she like has sex with them and she like messes them with this ancient knowledge too i don't amazing. think i've ever sat through 300 rise of the whatever i don't think i've ever sat through it, it it's it's more fun than you think it would be but i, I, I would believe so i believe so i honestly think the first 300 is pretty fun it's dumb but yeah. but again like i, I feel see it again but I, I do feel like it is a, a faithful transition of the source material because I did read the Frank mm -hmm. Miller graphic novel and it is the same. It's pretty close. I mean, yeah. Zack Snyder did. I feel like Zack Snyder's got the perfect brain to make a Frank Miller thing because, you know, mm -hmm. like I feel like like now he, I don't. Despite I know it's fashionable to hate Zack Snyder. I don't really hate Zack Snyder. He doesn't really bother. I don't hate him. I don't hate him at all. Right. But I, you know, um, but it is fashionable, you know, like for some people, Zack Snyder, I'm like. Yeah, no, not really. Like you know, like uh, yeah. you know, he's he's a he's a competent filmmaker. Um, totally. Yeah, I mean, you know? you know what it is? It's I think any director whose style becomes recognizable gets hated on, yeah, which sure. is always crazy to me. It's like they're like no one will complain about like Ron Howard or someone because there's nothing specific to pick on because his movies look kind of anonymous. Right. But you know, once you see, well, the trees and Tim Burton movies always look like this or. Rob Zombie always writes dialogue this way and or like Zack Snyder uses slow motion all the time. Once you have something you notice, it's like that director is worse because they have a signature. It's just strange to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, and Zombie specifically is one of those guys who I feel like gets an undeserved amount of hate. Like, I really do. Like, I get it. Did, did you see his Munsters trailer? What'd you think? Uh, you know, it, it's some monsters, bro. It's like, you know, like, that's yeah. how I look at it. Like, you know, it's like, it's like, it's not, I remember the monsters. I used to watch it when I was a kid, you know, that and like the Adams family. And I used to confuse the two, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. And I just always thought like, it's totally. the monsters. It's like, like, you know, it's so people, I don't, if people got mad about the monsters, like I, I would just be like, yeah. to, like really re-examine your, your life and your priorities. I know. Like, I, I mean, there's certain, there's just certain things you should not be mad about. Like, you know what I mean? Like people getting mm -hmm. mad about like Chris, Chris, whatever, uh, being voicing Mario. Like, why do you care 
about who voices Mario. <laughs> like, you know, like I, like, I couldn't imagine. Yeah. Like, I don't care. Like, like, nothing you know? better to be angry about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Okay. I, and I, I kind of felt like in that case, I don't know if I'm going to like Rob Zombie's Munsters movie. And I sort of wish it looked less like it was like digital HD or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it kind of felt to me like he's actually kind of doing something sort of brave with this, which is that he's trying to make a film that kind of is as corny as the show was, you know, right. and had yeah. that kind of stupid dialogue and weird camera angles and stuff. That kind of felt to me like well, what he was trying to do. His <laughs> whole aesthetic is like the monsters, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like perfect. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? They're like, yeah, like, I feel mm -hmm. like he should do a sincere monsters movie. Like, you know, like make it like the show. Like, uh, and I just feel like as a filmmaker, like I really do feel that yeah, I mean, there's aspects like when I rewatch. I used to. I, first of all, I love the Devil's Rejects. Like when it first came out, I rewatched it recently, mm -hmm. and I was like, "This dialogue is kind of like." Mm. But I'll be, that being said, I still enjoy. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it for what it was, and I do feel like he has other movies like Witches of Salem, mm -hmm. and like uh, which I feel like is an underrated movie. Um, I feel like his Halloween movies are underrated. Uh, yep. I feel like especially when you watch these David Gordon Green ones, I'm like how can you prefer these to the zombie ones as just maybe it's just a taste thing but i'm like i yeah. i just prefer what zombie did you know and it, when it was, outside of the carpenter original i would rather watch the zombie movies than the sequels like like when it comes then, to any sort of one then, like oh then any sequel yeah any of the sequels even three because three to me doesn't even matter like people talk about halloween three because right. it's like they you know they try to switch it up and it's i'm like okay like i get that but like it's not a halloween movie it is but it's not like you know yeah no totally i mean i feel like i didn't care for the david gordon green ones much either i felt like the second one was actually maybe closer to what rob zombie was trying to do in a way and just that and just how unpleasant it was <laughs> but the, the the first halloween like i don't know i found it kind of useless the, the first like david gordon green one but I mean, I kind of feel like I'll be watching all the Halloween sequels for the rest of my life. I don't know why. Yeah, I, just, I feel like that too. I honestly movies you'll like, throw on whenever. Right. Yeah. I feel like Halloween uh, ends or whatever. Like I looked at that and I was like, this looks abysmal. I'll probably see it. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't watch the trailer yet. Yeah, it's yeah. horrible. Like, you know, I looked at it and I was like, <laughs> this is bad. Like, but I thought Halloween Kills was an abomination. So, you know, like I really I was like, this is not good. Like, like, so. Right. You know, but I'll still like that's the thing. It's like there's certain franchises that there's just like, like I like I go into it like, oh yeah, this is what it is. Like I don't expect mm -hmm. if it is if it is great, that's cool. Like that's a plus. But there is some sort of sick enjoyment out of like watching some of like specifically certain horror franchises where I'm like, yeah, this is bad. Yeah. And I kind of know that, and I kind of I'm okay with it. <laughs> Like, yeah, I like to voice yeah. how I don't like it, uh, uh, you know, and, and it's back on Jordan Peele with that candy man. He it's unfair that he gets sort of like a, most of the credit for that uh, because mm -hmm. his name is so big, because, I mean, he was only like partially a writer on the script. There was another writer, plus Nikki DaCosta, I think that was who it was who directed it. Like mm -hmm. she was a director. You know, I do agree yep. like with. Well, I don't know. Like, I felt like. It's, it's a very trendy thing for people to overinflate like that movie when I really thought that like Candyman, the new Candyman completely missed the point. Like I felt like, yeah, I just, yeah. I, I felt like it missed the point of Candyman. Like it felt like this was something that like someone who ad adapted a franchise that they had no sort of understanding of what it was. Like, you know, like that's what it felt like to it, me. I was like, mm, okay, whatever. 
So I, I yeah. Weird. I, I don't feel that I can talk about it with any authority anymore, just because like, it's been less than a year. I can't really remember that many parts of it. That's and I that mean, speaks to his quality or lack. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. It's, like, it's literally empty calories. Like it is an empty calorie yeah. movie. It 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 leaves you with nothing. Like you know, like um, totally. I remember it, the opening credits being cool, but I mean, one thing that did bother me at the time was that the kind of asshole character in the art gallery's name was Clive. So you're like picking on Clive Barker, Barker. who made. Candyman in the first place, like you know, it says material. Because that's that is that is the new trend. The new trend is to sort of like shit on your predecessors, right? Like I feel like they mm. won't they won't overtly come out and say that in Hollywood, right? But like you get that's the sense. Like, like it's like I look at like a guy like Damon Lindenlaw, right? And like, like when he made like the Watchmen series, right? Like right. you got the sense from listening to him and listening to a lot of people in the industry that Lyndon Lolf was on par with Alan Moore mm -hmm. and he's not <laughs> like, and, and not only is he not, but like, he was almost taking, I got the sense, like he was taking, like, I'm gonna show like, watch Alan Moore. Let me show you how to do Watchmen. Right. Right. Like that's what I got right. the sense of. And it's like, what? Like, you know, it's like, it's yeah, like, the, you know, it's like, wait a minute. Oh, what? Like, so I feel like that's like a trend. Hubris and ego and a lot that. of hubris, and like, a lot of ego. And like, even I felt like I watched that Watchmen show and, and I mean, I, I think it, it, it did some things that the comic didn't do fine, ooh, but the comic ooh, did some things yeah. it did do. But, you know, I mean, even like the stuff that was really praised on it, I felt like, like there was a moment of kind of, someone ex experiencing uh i don't even know what like terms should be used for this but someone experiencing like a black character's kind of struggle mm. the, the, the scene was in strange days they they took a scene from strange days and everyone <laughs> kind of like like praised watchmen for innovating this and, and I, I don't know maybe it's because i've seen too much stuff or like i've, I've um I, I don't know. It's not, I, I tried. It's, it's not because you've seen too much stuff. It's because it's because the audiences haven't seen enough. Right. You know, you know what I mean? Like where they can get away with like stuff like that, like where it's like, oh, like and they get praised for it, like as if like they invented a whole new thing. <laughs> you're like, you're like, actually, no, this was in some other shit like that's Yeah. You know, and it yeah. just it just becomes this weird hero worship like. I don't know if you want to open this Pandora's box, but like all the shit going on between Beyonce and Khalees this week, it's like I'm sorry, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be Team Khalees because I've thought to myself before that Beyonce's kind of stolen her shit. You know, yeah, I mean yeah. that's just me. Yeah. But but I I also I mean I think there's a way she should have been more diplomatic about it. Um, I'm always gonna err on the side of the artist that got ripped off. You know what I'm saying? Me too. Or, 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 Me too. Because I know that stuff happens. Yeah, yeah. it happens. Barely, it's it's common. Like when a, when an artist creates something, right, and then they have no sort of agency over their own work. Like I'm always mm -hmm. gonna I'm always gonna fall on the side of the person because it's like, okay, Pharrell took took your your publishing and like, you know, and now yeah. you don't have any say whatsoever. You don't get a courtesy call. I'm always going to get these, you know, you know, like, you get these Beyonce fans like, well, she doesn't own her publishing rights. It's like, but isn't the point that like, <laughs> she was kind of ripped off here and she should own them? Right. They're like, you know? well, that's the way like, it's funny how people like yeah. do that. Right. But again, Beyonce fans, you know, um, they're not the most like rational, you know, 
group of people like yeah. you know like they they literally uh worship her so you're not dealing with like someone who's going to look at it and you're not going to have a sane response from a people who sort of idolize a human you know right. idolize somebody they're going to be ravenous and attack as if somehow beyonce's uh livelihood is at all affected or as if Beyonce no, even cares yeah. You know, like it's very weird. It's very parasocial, or like not even. It's like it's it's so weird to me. Yeah, it's very bootlicker mindset. Like you know, even you know what I mean. Like it's like you know, like while Beyonce isn't um the sort of she's not the state, so to speak. She's she's in a way she's sort of substituting for that in in the in in the, in the sort of minds of these people, you know the deference yeah. that they give celebrities, right? Like this speaks to that idea of like people's sort of like worshiping authority figures are people that they perceive Definitely. above them. And therefore they are worthy of this sort of uh, deference, you know, like- um, she, she is their like yes queen goddess. Yes. Which yes. I actually feel Khalees was trying to say, but it's a very dangerous thing to say. You do not want the beehive on your ass. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, it, but it's, it's true because like, I think Beyonce is talented. I think she has good songs, but at the same time, it's like there's yeah, she's she's undeniably talented. But you're right. Go yeah, ahead. sorry. Yeah, but but like as a pop star, there is there's something kind of robotic about her that like I've said a lot this. of other stars kind of had have have personality, and I don't just mean personality off their songs. I mean personality in their songs that kind of lets you know who they are. That I don't know. Yeah, it just it just kind of feels like she's a puppet you know yeah i've said this to the, like all the women in my life who love beyonce and there's numerous <laughs> uh, uh, i've said right. this before i said listen um beyonce is a talented artist she's great she can sing she's a great performer she's a beautiful woman um but i will never be interested in the music she makes it is not it's not for me like it's yeah. it's not like you know what i mean it's very much like it's so specific to like to a, a very big fan base that's out there that it caters to, but it's still very specific, like, right? And it's like, like you said, it's just like, if for me, it's just like, there's nothing I could care less about. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like you know, like when a Beyonce album just came out, I don't care. Like, you know, what I mean? like I've never like, like it's because it doesn't speak to me. Like it's not. Yeah. You know, I like her sister's music actually more. No, like, you know, I, no, yes. You know? Solange is more interesting. Right, right. And, and I don't know, I feel this way about, you know, I can't really talk smack about Taylor Swift either. My friend does a lot of her videos. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, you know, it's kind of a similar thing. It's just like, I can't just listen to this mm -hmm. and feel, and, and like, I don't know, it's just, it's just, it's not cool. It's nothing cool to me that makes me feel feel a way that I would want to feel you know that uh, other than it's just kind of like this kind of celebrity put on a pedestal and I'm partaking in that I don't you know, like find that a good feeling you know right it's, it's and very, I feel that way about Beyonce also yeah it's very much like uh yeah it's like it's almost like people who like want to be uh in a monarchy or some shit, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. like, it, like it, it's like talking to someone who, who, who 
it's oh yeah i love that we have a king and a queen and, and then you're like what like no <laughs> like i don't right, feel like right. that, it's like that kind of that no, like, i don't yeah. want to be ruled by a root like a no i don't want to yeah no fuck you yeah some people are fine right. with that can, like you know like because it does it does sort of turn into this idea that some people are just above us they're better than us you know? yes right they're, they're and, up and, and i can't i can't buy into that i think ultimately. no they're, they're too human mm. we're all human beings at the end of the day and like yeah, it, 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 but yeah. I think it just speaks to sort of a, the individual sort of kind of, I call it, I like this, maybe, and this is reductive, but I do call it, it's like peasant mindset, right? Right. It's like, right. like you look at the world through the view, like, and I don't think people are aware of it, but to me, it's like, it's like very much like a peasant, like a medieval peasant or some shit. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, like, and I'm like, I just it's don't. It's exactly that. Yeah, exactly I, that. And, and so, so if what's supposed to be interesting about Beyonce is that she's a queen, I don't care. I don't want to part of that. Right. I don't want to, like, I, I don't want to interact with kings or queens. It's made, yeah. the concept of I'm royalty not is take, not real. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not accepting that serfdom position with this artist. I'm sorry. You know? Yeah. yeah. It's, um, it's, it's very funny how people don't see that, but yeah. But again, yeah, but again, if people like the music, they like it. Right. Yeah. I mean, something you were saying and you're touching on with Taylor Swift and Beyonce as artists is like the type of, it's like, they're very corporate artists. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, like they present a certain way and they're huge. They're giant artists, but they're like, if they're like the closest thing to like a corporate entity becoming sentient. Like, you know how this idea, like they say corporations yeah. are people, like, you know, and like That's corporations can, yeah. it's like, what's the logical next evolution? It's like a figure like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Becoming sort of, like, even though that's, I'm not saying like that, that's what they are, that they're obviously human beings. Right. But I mean, just their mm -hmm. presence, like, is it effectively sort of that, like, it's almost like a, a, I don't know, a simulacra of, of, of like, you know, of something yeah. like that, where it's just, they're so big, they're so corporate, like they're so safe. Like, it's like, even when Fox news always comes, every time Beyonce drops an album, Fox news always says, she's the worst artist uh, She's doing things that are morally reprehensible. It's like, do they really? Wow. They say that all because it's 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 just you know, it's like dog whistles for, mm -hmm. you know, the people mm -hmm. that like that shit. But ultimately, it's Beyonce. She's the safest artist on the planet. Mm -hmm. like, you know what I'm saying? It's mm -hmm. Taylor Swift. The same thing. It's the safest art. You know what I mean? Like, it's fake controversy. You know, like, yeah. You know, it's fake. Uh, right. And, and I I just feel in like a lot of those cases, like I I just hear people talk about them as celebrities more than I ever hear anyone say anything about specific songs or anything. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's like Beyonce's product is Beyonce or like, yeah. I mean, I think Kanye West has sometimes kind of stepped into this territory too, although he's, he has interesting ideas for songs now and then at least despite all the like weird shit going on in his head with yeah. the yeah. kind of, you know, make their way to them sometimes. The difference, <laughs> though, the difference, though, and I see it's the main significant difference of Kanye, and, and who's also a big giant artist, is that there is a sincerity to Kanye, uh, regardless of whether yeah he knows what he's talking about or not. <laughs> like you, uh -huh. you, you sense like there's Beyonce is polished. Like Beyonce is so everything is so thought out. You know, right. everything that's is, an interesting point because Kanye yeah. does not have anyone watching over him that not way. Not at all. No, there's no yeah. PR at this point with Kanye. Like Kanye is like, you know, like, yeah. 
like there's no PR team, you know, and, and he's of the school of like, there's no such thing as bad publicity, right? Like he's of that. Yeah. But uh, like Beyonce is so like, everything is so carefully orchestrated. So like, you know what I mean? Like from her rollouts to the way she presents herself to the things she talks about, everything is thought out. Everything is, is filtered through the sort of like PR team. Like, okay, mm, mm. They, they care about her image. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of care and time invested in the image in the in, in the idea of Beyonce. That right. Kanye is just Kanye. Like there's no, you know, <laughs> it's whatever Kanye is. It's it's, yeah. it's so you that's the separation between him and artist of his sort of size. Like that's the main difference. Is that yeah, like you don't feel that. You feel like un, you feel like this guy is like unrestrained. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, right or wrong or whatever the hell's going on. Like, you know that, no, like, most definitely. Yeah. you can't control this dude. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I, I like, mean, I mean, even, like, with the new Beyonce album, which I, I did listen to, it's like, so many of the lyrics just feel like attempts at making future memes. Like, mm -hmm. this is something that people will be saying on the internet if, like, we repeat it five times in this song, you know? Right. Um, and I said when, like, Donda came out, you know, I mean, whatever you may think of that album, that to me almost felt like a radical album in a way, which it would not have been a while ago. But to me now making like a purely Christian album that's like two hours long is as like one of the biggest stars of the world. It's like, this is not like a normal thing to happen. It's kind of a risky move in a way, you know? Um, no, yeah. I agree. I, I, I definitely agree. There's a reason why, uh, you know, Kanye has the sort of staying power, right? Um, and it is like, he does sort of, he does take his celebrity and his sort of, uh, his awareness and sort of utilize that in ways that typically aren't done. Like, you know what I mean? Like um, mm -hmm. artists of that size typically don't do those type of things. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like. So when you see someone like that do it, it does, it stands out. It's like, oh, like, regardless of whether you think it's good, bad, whatever, it's like, why, most of the time you're like, he's doing what? Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's doing what? Like, that's the, the common sort of reaction to whatever Kanye's doing. You're like, wait, he's uh -huh. doing what? Because you don't expect certain, when you reach a certain point, like a certain level of like public visibility, the, the expectation is that you don't do certain things, right? And like, right doesn't adhere to that ever yeah <laughs> you that's know a yeah. good point never does huh he. yeah so that's I don't know. by the it's gonna like you're just not it's gonna make it's gonna generate interest like it just based on that alone like you know what mm -hmm. i mean whether it the work is worthy of interest is is another topic altogether but just because he's utilizing his celebrity in a way that typically you're not supposed to right um yeah like a feel like Trump, which is not 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 a not a not a uh, it's not a surprise that Kanye and Trump were cool. <laughs> like when you really think about no, it, and that's true. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, does doesn't it feel in a way that there's like an effort put out by a lot of people to kind of silence any celebrity who's doing anything sort of interesting? Yeah, because to me, a lot of the more interesting celebrities are the ones who seem you know, like there's kind of a screw loose in their head somewhere. They're just kind of, I, I just kind of feel they're often the more exciting ones, yeah. you know, and, and 
I mean, I don't, I don't want to open this into like a cancel culture rant or anything. It's, it's, but, listen, it is. I've said this before in a previous episode. Like, it is the defining topic of this era. Like, it's reflective in all the art. Is cancel like, culture? It is. Yeah. Like, it's un- as, as much as I hate that it is, it really is. But when you really take a step back and you kind of like look at it from like a a wider view, it's always kind of been that way. It just never was called cancel culture. Right. Cancel culture is an evolution of a thing that was already there, which is like in mm-hmm. different different times, you know, in different eras, there was always the status quo railing against sort of the things that they deemed to be uh, part of like either the counterculture or things that they deem as immoral or things that they deem as um, not acceptable in sort of mainstream society. Art is always supposed to traffic in those ideas. Right, good art supposed to traffic in those ideas. Um, so this pushback that you see is—it's a sophistication, or maybe it's a de- depending upon how you look at it. Maybe it's a deep sophistication, but it is just the sort of way that that sort of attitude about sort of transgressiveness and things on the fringes that's always mm-hmm. existed. This is the evolution of it. Like cancel culture is sort of the modern way in which um, a lot of stuff is get silenced right like and yes there's validity and sort of like and it's always it's always a threat of that's what makes it so it's such an effective means of stopping people is because it's always based in some sort of like moral thing right like yes you can point to things that we deem as a society to be immoral right Mm -hmm. but then you can sort of couch in all sorts of other things that aren't that right like under the same umbrella because for certain people, it's like, it's like, well, this person didn't do, um, they didn't hurt anybody, but their art depicts someone who does. So therefore they are guilty by association. They are guilty because they depicted it, you know, yeah. that type of ad, it, 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 it grants leeway for people to sort of do that. And we see that. But, but, so but, like, the, the- when effective people, sorry, I'll let you talk, but, but. So I was just saying, then we're granting leeway to these people who are completely media illiterate and that's a problem too. Yes. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But, but, but what happens is, you know, when they do that, it's like, there's, they, they, they erase nuance. Again, I know this is like a fucking dead horse thing to say, but, but they, there's no room for nuance. There's either, you know, it's makes, it just distills everything down to black and white. Right. Where it's like, yeah. you either it's either black or it's white. You either, you know, it's either a good thing or it's the worst thing. And that's it. And it doesn't, we're not leaving any room for like any discussion beyond that. Like if it even seems, right. if it even seems to be like not on the side of what we deem is acceptable, then it by default, it is not. Therefore it is worthy of whatever happens in terms of it being shunned and whatever sort of, you know, and I, I just like, that is to me, like, that is the fight that anybody creating has always faced, right? Like, well, I, I, it's just different now. Like, it's just different now. It makes it, it's maybe it's more, it's more common yeah. and it's more, uh, it's gotten more exaggerated in, in the current era, but I feel like it's always been present to some degree or another. Sure. I, I think it has always been present. It just feels a lot more aggressive now. And I'm not mm-hmm. sure there is really a, functional counterculture at this moment because oh, definitely not definitely not you know, which is the problem which is that's what i'm saying like 
that's the best that's, that's one of the challenges and i feel like it's everything is cyclical right it goes in waves like i feel like eventually mm-hmm. I, I still like i feel like there's like we're approaching some sort of weird crest where i feel like there are you're starting to see sort of like people responding to like this sort of hypersensitivity and you're starting That's to see more pushback to it now. Yeah. yeah, there's more pushback. And I feel like as time goes on and this sort of this sort of thing becomes uh, out of fashion, right? Um, you will see a new sort of a new sort of I don't know if you want to call it a counterculture. I was I, but there will be a new place for the weird people, the legitimately weird, not like not like the right. corporate weird, because I feel like um, that's another thing, right. like corporations have sort of like glommed on and be like it's a, you're a, it's okay to have purple hair you're 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 part of us now you know yeah. like but as, in right. the previous eras that's like you're weird <laughs> like you know even though it's not it's absurd no. that purple hair is not just make you weird but like i feel like uh and i've always said this too like um i've always felt like and this is this is a generalization okay but i've always said in general terms like there's a difference like i feel like people who are on this outwardly on the surface doing things to stand out it's performative like of course yeah so it's like there's a difference between performatively weird and legitimately weird like you know what i mean like um i feel like a lot of people Definitely. are performatively weird they're not legitimately weird like you know like they may yeah. look like that but really when you talk to them they're kind of fairly regular vanilla type people and then How there's actual you have Ryan? <laughs> i just have two <laughs> but yeah but but uh but you know but there's legitimate weird people who you can't even look yeah. like once you talk to them you're like, oh yeah you're a weirdo okay cool you know yeah uh, <laughs> no and, and that's that's true yeah. and those are the people who are kind of mm-hmm. scary to the performatively weird i remember mm-hmm. I, I, got, I heard john waters talking about how when saving private ryan came out and then the kill bill movies came out it kind of ended like there was no more space for like these kind of gore movies to in the counterculture to kind of exist anywhere because now this was kind of it was playing in multiplexes at shopping malls you know right. <laughs> it's kind of that this is like assimilated into the mainstream at this point um but i don't i don't know i don't think that's really the the same issue as you know i find that anti-woke kind of insufferable also i kind of just wish they'd yeah. kind of pay attention to other issues yeah. but it does bug me when people say cancel culture isn't real which i hear a lot on the internet because it's obviously something has changed a little bit even in the sense that i noticed that people just act like they're being watched all the time they're afraid to like you know if you're like looking both directions before you say something to me when we're in a cafe this never used to happen you know so this is kind of yeah. like it's a real it, you know i've said i remember i i understand the sentiment i've said it before too but i've always tried to qualify when i say it what i mean by that is uh it's real to the degree where it does legitimately affect people's lives and you legitimately have changed and altered the way people move about the world. So you can't say it's like completely, you can't write mm-hmm. it off completely. But I will say it is, it gets, the more that you pay attention to it and the more that yeah. you, the worse it gets. So it is, it is, it is less real, the, like if you don't feed into it. You know what I mean? Like it's one of those right. things that you do have some level of control, not complete control, but you do have some level of control to the extent of how much it affects you um, outside of the things you can't control. You know what I mean? Like, but, 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 totally. you know, like, yeah, it could literally affect your livelihood in some ways and it could literally affect, yeah, for sure. But you ultimately, it, it lies with you, how you continue to move forward. You know, like some people I like, agree. 
you know, they're like, they don't think beyond that idea of like, well, I'm done in this. But it's like, okay, but do you stop? Like, it's like guys, like I think uh, I had on a writer, uh, Grant uh, uh, Womack on, and we talked about Warren Ellis and like Warren Ellis got canceled, but like Warren Ellis isn't, he's effectively canceled, but he's still writing and still doing stuff. You know what I mean? Like he didn't stop, you know, it's just, you know, you know, I guess he's doing the work again, like that he needs to do, yeah. I guess, you know, in terms of, I'm not even talking about the actual work, but I mean, the, like the, he's like trying to like do the work for whatever. And again, I'm still completely not clear what exactly he did other than sort of like be a dude. <laughs> like okay, yeah, dude. I don't know his situation. Yeah, like an old dude who like liked women and like, uh, because he was a guy who made comic books, got right. I guess that gives him a position of authority and that makes him wrong. I don't know, whatever, you know, but you hear those type of things. Right. And it's like, uh, but he's an example of somebody who's like, he hasn't stopped creating, you know, he's just yeah. not granted access to certain platforms anymore, I guess, you know what I mean? Or, or certain status quo, more status quo friendly or status quo, literal status quo uh, spaces. Like he's just not in them. And, and, and I feel like, which could be a big deal, though. I mean, it could be a big deal in terms of your own professional sort of uh, financial uh, st stability, right? Uh, mm -hmm. For sure. But I do see so there's so many guys who are so awful who, who like, yeah. continue to exist, like in this culture. You know what I mean? Like, I feel Definitely. like, like, yeah, like, so I, I, I personally don't worry about it too much because I find I think I just have my own ethics anyway, that right. there are lines I'm not going to cross and whether there was a threat of cancel culture or not, I would still not cross them, you know? Right, right. That's and me. Just, and, and so I, I kind of feel I have a strong foundation that way that, but I, I mean, I don't know. I, I did see like people like Trump who have not been canceled. And the reason why is because Trump never apologizes. The worst thing you can do is apologize, <laughs> apologize. And that's yeah. kind of, that's kind of a bad message, isn't it? Yeah, like, for if sure. you're just I, like, I don't give a I fuck, you can do whatever I, you want. I, 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 it is a bad message in some respect, but I always feel like I don't owe the public any apologies. I owe the you people don't. I've wronged apologies. If I did something to you that's wrong, then I owe yeah. you, I individually owe, I owe it to you to give you it, right? But I don't owe the yeah. public shit. No one does. You know what I no, mean? No, the like, people on Twitter demand they haven't effectively apologized yet. Like, it's like, what? They didn't what? do a thing to you. Like, I'm not <laughs> apologizing to some random strangers. I will, you know, if I did some wrong to somebody and I did something, I will effectively try to make my penance with that person and they it's up yeah. to them to accept it or not but that's the to me that's the way that matters if you want you know what i mean it's like that's the type of thing that i'm like all right if i owe someone an apology okay cool like i'll apologize to them but i'm not about to get in beat again it's performative if you're doing it it's insincere at that point it totally is if you're yeah. doing it for the public then it's insincere anyway so it's like you know like so it's like it's really you're right like i'm not, I'm not apologizing publicly like and most people aren't public people, you know, but we all have to no. act like we're politicians now. Like that's the weird, that's the weirdest thing is that everyone is basically acting like politicians now. Like as if we're right. not human beings who are fallible. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like it's, it, the stakes are literally the same now. This on par with your local politician. Like, like some average person has some aspect of their life exposed that doesn't look at that that doesn't put them in the greatest light you know they did some maybe yeah. they did a shitty thing or some stuff or whatever and now all of a sudden their persona non grata is that the right term <laughs> like, yeah, you know no it's the right term it, it, it's you know it, it's right it's true so like a combination of projection and also a total lack of self-awareness because i feel like if you really feel like 
you're the one who can point your finger. You've never done anything wrong. If that's true, I'm sorry, your life sucks. You've never taken right, like right. any risks. Yeah. You've never, yeah. you know. I look at and maybe look at that's people, what they're mad at. Yeah. Right. I look at people like, you know, you couldn't like a Malcolm X, you know, couldn't exist for many reasons in 2022. But like he couldn't exist as a as an influential figure to the degree, maybe because oh, the guy had a past before before he became Malcolm X, right? Like right. He was Detroit Red and he was doing he like wasn't born Malcolm X. Yeah. Right. And yeah, Malcolm Little. And like he he would, you know, like but he would be canceled for his past, <laughs> which is yeah. weird, right? After he's sort of like transitioned, like the reason he became Malcolm X is directly because of who he was in the past, right? Like, yeah. and like that notion of like you doing wrong and doing things that are, you know, objectively bad, like at a certain point, right? And, and growing and learning and changing from that is mm -hmm. like a lost concept now, which is strange. It's like- The weird thing is like, I think we'll accept that message from any movie and be like, yeah, that's true. People can change, but they can't in real life. For in real reason. life, no, you can't now. You, you did know? you did the thing, yeah, like, yeah, it, yeah. You, you even with thing. like former like Nazis, white supremacists and stuff, mm -hmm. this idea that like a lot of the people who are actually deprogramming people in hate groups now used to be in hate groups, Right. you know? Right. They're, they, they, they have that experience and those people did change, you know? Mm -hmm. So it doesn't really make sense that I don't know. We're all stuck in some past version of ourselves forever. I don't know. Right. You it's, can't ever. Yeah, exactly. It's like if you did some shit when you were 14, you're <laughs> you're supposed to yeah. be 44 and still be like, remember when you were 14, you fucking you grabbed yeah, the girl's totally, butt. Yeah. Like you're a piece of shit yeah. forever. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's you true. know, it's crazy. It's like, no, like, you know, like, I don't know. Like, I don't I just don't look at people as perfect like i understand like we're fallible we are going like yeah well, as part of human existence so it's, we, we all are fallible yeah there's no I one mean, who measures know. up to that bar like that's what i said i said that too unless like no one measures up to that you if you put anyone's life under a microscope they're going to be moments in their life where they've done things that we say oh you shouldn't have done that that's bad yeah yeah now if or you even the only difference is when you're a piece of shit like those are the defining things what it's like that is a consistent pattern of behavior consistently over and over and over and over and over again yeah like, you know what i'm saying like when you like do make a mistake and it's like oh it's an instance and then you change that's that's a normal human but if someone's like okay you have you've strangled 17 hookers um right <laughs> like okay at yeah. that point you're like it's safe to say like this is a pattern of behavior here this is yeah, like, indicative of who I'm, you are uh, you know i'm not gonna <laughs> listen to that new album by jack the ripper i've decided yeah you know, yeah, yeah. I think I think it does become you know, and it's a it's a line with people like who you want to support or, or who, who you don't. Right. But you know, you do get like a lot of people also saying things like, "Well, we don't have to listen to this band anymore. We can just listen to this band instead, who's never done anything bad." Like you don't know that you don't know anything <laughs> yeah. about these people. That's like, such something like, like, right? Yeah. It's so weird, and it's weird that like people ignore certain things too, like when. Mm -hmm. You know, we see it with like, I know, specifically in America with the fucking political shit, like, like they ignore everything that Joe Biden does. Like, they don't care what he's saying <laughs> or whatever. Right. Like, oh, Joe Biden shot a black child in the face. Oh, that's OK. You know, he, times are different. <laughs> like, uh, times are different. These same people would be, yeah. you, you know what I mean? Like, they will forgive anything he does. Like, they will justify. And it's just strange to me how that works it's well, like that's that's the the kind of partisan setup of u.s mm -hmm. politics where yeah just pick one side or the other but i think it's it's really depressing lately just to think about there's nothing 
there's nothing inspiring well, in, uh, in any of it. Yeah, you know? and I listen, I look, look, I, all, all you have to do is look. Okay, so you look at sort of the prices, like inflation and stuff, right? And like mm-hmm. things like people losing their jobs due to pandemic, you know, due to the pandemic, right? All of the stuff that happened over the past couple of years and like the lack of resources for people in over here. But then you look at the billions of dollars in aid they're sending to Ukraine to fight a war. Then you look at Nancy mm. Pelosi just flew to Taiwan to instigate sort of like China. And then you see, oh, they just killed uh, the they just killed uh, the Al Qaeda guy, Al Zalkari. Like, right. like the, the like. Meanwhile, over here in the homeland, so to speak, you know, like they're not doing anything to help anyone like the average person, but they have all the resources and time and money to do shit like that, that no one over here cares about. Like to, to extend the sort of, you know, the interest of American foreign policy and the sort of imperialist project, like, okay, we're going to shoot this random guy who we could have killed already, but we're just go ahead and kill that guy real quick. I mean, even though Al Qaeda is not really a thing like it used to be right. We kill him. Okay. We, we, we go to Taiwan to instigate the China shit. Right. And then, you know, we, we keep giving billions and billions of dollars to Ukraine while people say, hey, give us health care or, hey, can we get a can we get the vaccine for free? No, fuck you. <laughs> uh, you know, like, yeah. no, like can, can we do some things to, like, get the gas prices down? Can we can we do some things like people care about things that are like going to affect their day to day lives? So it's like people don't care. Like so like when what, what happens is they, they've effectively co- reinforced the collective apathy of the of the of the people in this country right like like it's happening and uh, you know i think you're right those are the issues <laughs> affordable housing just kind of like imagine if there was somebody yeah, that giving just, people a bit of money in their pockets yes yeah, right. imagine if there was somebody who was in a position of a power who who wielded that authority and did stuff like that they would be instantly loved instantly instantly people you didn't but matter is, what where you I fell on the political spectrum people would, you're right you know instantly i mean most people apparently like agree with like you know even kind of leftist bernie sanders policies they're just mm-hmm. kind of told there's like kind of this sort of fear mongering around that sort of stuff and you know as we were talking about kind of culture war stuff earlier that stuff is a massive psyop it's all just to distract us from kind of complaining about these issues yeah i you was know, just they, they want they want men and women to hate each other. They want like all this shit, you know? I was just saying this thing. I was, t- my mom, I was talking to her because she was, she was watching the news and she was, she was getting really upset about Alex Jones, right? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a news story about Alex Jones going to trial for the Sandy Hook thing, right? And I was trying to tell her, I'm like, you know what? I really don't think you should be this mad about Alex Jones because I don't really think he's that important. And not only mm-hmm. that, I do kind of feel like if I told her, I said, I kind of feel like he's a psyop. And what I mean by that is if, 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 if years down the line, if you, if, if declassified documents came out and you found out that like the CIA gave Alex Jones money, I would not be surprised because he feels like the perfect distraction. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like he's a distraction, like the things that he says and the things that he do, he does people recoil. I'm like, look, yeah, the Sandy Hook shit was in poor taste to say the least <laughs> like it was a shitty thing to do um yeah. but it's funny how there are people who have done shitty things on par with that who are in positions of power that people never talk about right and you and know what at I mean? the end like, of the day he's one guy he's just know? one fucking guy he's just one yeah. guy fucking being a fuck he's just an entertainer like you know whether you like that entertainment or not is beside the point i feel like to focus on him is a distraction 
It totally like, is. To yeah. care about yeah. it to any degree beyond like, yeah, that's some fucked up shit. Fuck him. You know, like, but keep it moving. Like, don't get so enraged over this one person. This, no, you know what I mean? Like someone who you yeah. really, don't, you really don't have any connection with. Like, you know. No, like, definitely, definitely. Um, and in the meantime, you know, politics are just gonna keep politicking over our heads mostly. So that's kind, of, and that's kind of why people all feel so powerless right now. Right. You know, there, there seems to be a very mass sentiment at this point. I think the pandemic's exacerbated that, but I don't know. Like, I just, it just kind of feels like, you notice it with the younger generations, especially there's kind of the sense that we'll never have what our parents were kind of guaranteed. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this stuff starts driving people crazy. You know, it's, uh, um, yeah, it's hard. It's, it's funny because, you know, to speak to the younger generation thing for a minute, I have a, a daughter who's who I literally had a disagreement with today and mm-hmm. um and I was trying to sort of like articulate to her in a way that she could understand like there is a new sort of attitude with kids you know I sound like such a, a fucking old, old dude when I say this but like there's a new sort of attitude um the new attitude, yeah. like about the way that they sort of accept things like basically when it comes to like the way I see young people dealing with adversity now, Mm -hmm. there's a new sort of tendency for them to sort of not take any accountability. Right. Um, And what I mean by that is like, it's, it's, it's far more common now for them to sort of like shift, almost take away their own agency, right? I say that we have an right. infantilization culture, like, and that extends beyond young people. That extends yeah. to like millennials and previous, like, I feel mm-hmm. like the whole society is infantilized, right? But I feel like yep. the young people under that same infantilization display it like in a way where it's like, I'm like, I don't see how it's effective for them. You know what I mean? Like, I don't okay. see how, I feel like you're acquiescing your own sort of personal agency a lot in a lot of times when you when you sort of like point the finger towards, you know, like your sort of lived experience, like, right? And, and that being a justification for whatever it is you say or do, right? Like, mm. because I feel this way, it needs to be validated. And because I feel oh, it's it my lived experience, therefore, yeah. like that is the determining factor in how things should be going right now and i'm like that is a very childish way to view the world you know that is not a that is not a i don't see how that's i'm always telling people like how is it effective right like you know like i'm all for i'm all for acknowledging you know someone's perspective because i'm always somebody who's trying to put myself in other people's shoes right i'm always trying to look at things from you know outside of like just my own bias i'm trying i try to remove myself and have some level of approaching objectivity and i just don't see that a lot of people do that in general like i feel like now Mm. the new the sort of trend is to sort of not even attempt to see things from other sides it's only to say definitely this is how I, I mean, feel. My feelings need to therefore be validated. And therefore, 
I'm and it's like I don't see how you can effectively utilize that in the real world. You know what I mean? Because the real world is not going to work that way. You know, and I yeah. feel like, you know, in some situations you're able to get away with that because, you know, um, yeah, I don't I don't know. I'm just yeah, it's it's a very kind of culturally sort of self-centered thing. I mean, right. I, I often think that empathy is kind of an artistic trait that maybe not everyone kind of has to the same degree but I also think there's like sorry go ahead no I, I, I think i think everyone likes to throw around the word empathy but i feel like they actually don't ever practice it <laughs> i think when right. they say they, i say they want they to say apply empathy. to them <laughs> they want empathy for them like you know what i'm saying yeah. like empathy yeah. give me empathy but they never want to extend the empathy other ways you know and that's where sure. i feel like yeah i feel like that's what yeah do too much like, and yeah. I mean, I'm not sure everyone has the same capacity to do that. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so I almost, I almost link it to like an artistic perspective. Are you, but, wait a minute though. Are you sure? Because everyone's an empath. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I'll just joke. But yeah, you hear that. Like, I'm an empath. I'm an empath. Like, okay. Yeah, sure. Oh uh, yeah. I'm a, so many empaths now. I figure that would not be a problem. INTJ, whatever that means. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but yeah. And I think like a lot of parents are told to raise their kids this way now, like, just to validate that all their feelings are important or something. And it kind of does end in this weird type of narcissism almost, you know? Right, right. <laughs> and I don't, I'm not, I'm always aware. Like, like I want to acknowledge my kids, uh, mm -hmm. my kids sort of personal agency and like, like as them as being humans, like, right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to like totally dismiss that or like, you yeah. know, like I, I definitely want to acknowledge that, but like there's degrees to everything. And it's just funny because I know my mom, my parents are boomers. Right. And like, I'll hear them sort of, because it's, you know, they're the grandparents, I'll hear them take their side and I'll have to be like, wait a minute, hold on, hold on. you guys didn't raise me like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's yeah, kind of funny. Yeah. It's kind of funny when I hear you articulate that viewpoint, when I know you didn't raise me like that, you know what I mean? And I get that the, the culture has sure. changed. Right. And, and then social norms in the way it's a different time. But that being said, like, there is some validity in sort of like getting, telling a young person like that they are going to have to endure sort of like obstacles and like, and, and sort of like not everything, like you have to learn how to handle adversity. Like, you know what I mean? You have to learn how to sort of like, that's just a requirement of survival. Like, you know what I mean? Like in terms of not only, and I don't mean it, I don't even mean it in the sort of like silly sort of like, uh, I don't know, like the way that like a meathead would say, you know, like a, a fucking JRE listener would talk about survival in the woods. No, I mean, like just yeah. for your own like mental health wise, yeah. for your sort of like, it just in general, just like in your legitimate, like being able to go into the world and, and I, I totally function. think so. But I think the thing is that, you know, because there's been two and a half years of this pandemic that a lot of kids don't have that much experience kind of yeah. because hanging out with your parents all the time is different than hanging out with your friends. Right. Your friends is kind of a school of hard knocks in a way that's sort of important to grow yeah. up. And also and this is when that's to, taken away. <laughs> yeah. And, and I agree. That's just, there's two things that I feel like uh, these younger kids have to deal with that we specifically didn't have to deal with. Right. Obviously the obvious mm -hmm. one is what everyone always says, which is the internet and cell phones. We didn't have those mm -hmm. things. So they had to grow up dealing with that, right? And the, your one mistake being there for access forever, you know? And then the pandemic, we didn't have, no one mm -hmm. like and that's been around has experienced this. 
So imagine being a kid and experiencing that, you know, like, so they have unique sort of yeah. things to being young, a young person in today's era or that we just don't have a comparable uh, thing to compare it to, you know, given the time sure. we came up. Right. So, you know, I always want to mm-hmm. be like aware of that. I, I don't, I never, I never, I try to keep that sort of fact or those two facts um, in mind, you know, when I talk to young people or younger people, like, I don't want to just completely like discount that, like, and be like, no, cause that's significant. You know, like that's, yeah. that's some shit that like, we have issues dealing with that shit. So imagine, you know, like grown ass people, uh, have issued, had not only had the pandemic's been hard for the grown people, you know, people of our age and older, but also social media and the, like the internet age is hard for like, so imagine a young yeah. child, like, or a kid who's just fairly young and impressionable and still figuring themselves out, having to deal with those things too, as if like they're completely shielded from it is to think that way is silly. Like, no, of course they're not. It's going to affect them. No, it's, yeah. you know, I mean, all of us have kind of moments from our adolescence and things that I'm sure we're glad we're not broadcast online to millions of people. You yeah. know, I don't and, think any kid and, from the '90s. I feel like all of every '90s kid would be done for if, if we had cell phones. Like every like, '90s kid is kind of an edge lord. That yeah, was an edgy yeah. time, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a, You'd be like, watch the movie Kids. Like, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It like was, was a different shit, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, yeah, I get it. This is pretty extreme, but but yeah, but like it's <laughs> you know, it's not that far off base from reality where it's like, yeah, if, if you had cell phones back then, it would like the type of shit that was going yeah. on yeah it, the, the type of stuff that's lost forever in memory like yeah kids don't know that now they don't have that luxury of that dumb moment being like just some shit no one else knows about you know it just happened you remember that time yeah i remember that, that actually yeah happened. no totally yeah. totally i mean you know, you're right, back then you just go out and like mm-hmm. tell your mom to pick you up at 4 30 after soccer and you want to have a cell phone you just be there then but basically you were kind of left to your own devices you know and that's a lost thing think about this and i think even yeah so i was just i was gonna go ahead i want to cut you off i was gonna say something but go ahead go ahead you was talking well i was kind of changing the topic a bit so go ahead with that i was just you know i was thinking like think about the people who become memes like think about all the random pictures like the guy who's looking this way like the worst guy you've ever met just had a good point yeah yeah or like all these are like the little even the young people like these people that are like just become memes like think about that like your Mm -hmm. face is seen and shared everywhere like you're just a normal person or sometimes you're just somebody on getty images that got a picture and made it to a meme and it became viral but like literally your face is being shared millions upon millions of times and you're just some anonymous person yeah no, like I've true. always wondered like how those people just what walk around they? and exist. Like you're the meme person. Hey, you're the one meme. <laughs> hey, you're that meme. You know, like there's people right now who are literal memes just walking around in the culture and society. Like, yeah, yeah you're that meme. And like, guy. what if they don't even know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You wonder that too. There's gotta be somebody who's bit as a meme that they just, because some of these memes are so like online. What if the person is just doesn't <laughs> even know they're a meme? Like, you know what I mean? Like everyone knows them yeah. by their face and they're just, walking around and they're kind of fa- they're famous like just a wow. regular person like it's really I'm a meme yeah, yeah we could we could be memes you just don't know you know there's a there's a i probably come across it i'm i probably come across the meme but 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 my whole thing is, <laughs> is like no one talks about that either like there are like i just there are people out there 
who are young, who have been like, now, how do you function? Like, what is that like? Everywhere you go, mm. you're a meme. Like, you know, people know you. Like, you're at Target. Like, you know, hey, hey it's the fucking, it's the fucking yeah, Woe yeah. Daniel or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, you're just somebody, you know, just a normal yeah. person. Like, you're not, it's not, it's just, you're, you made a funny face. Somebody put some text on it and started a meme. And now you're everywhere. And now that's you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It's a weird, it, it's weird. It, it's fucking weird. Like, you know what I mean? It, it's the weird kind of like quasi exploitation of the internet mm -hmm. that is it's sort of uncomfortable if you think about it much. Like even, I mean, you know, even going back to like, even when people are rightly mad at someone online, I'm kind of like, I'm not gonna take part in this. And for me, it's cause like, this person has like parents and stuff, you know, I don't want to like, yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's just this weird kind of world all around it too. That just, it's just kind of depressing if you overthink it, you know? Um, yeah, for sure. I feel that way a lot. I feel like, yeah, it's just weird. Cause I feel like there's people who I know who are memes. <laughs> and there's oh, people really? <laughs> are, yeah. And I'm like, like, you know, like, and it's like, and sometimes they're real funny when you just don't even want to share them because you have yeah. some sort of relationship. Like you're like, oh, well, if I share this, meme, but sometimes I'll just send it. Like if I know somebody and they're like, look, dude, ha, ha. you know what I mean? Do, <laughs> like, do you know, like, you know, the woman spitting out tea in that gif? Oh, I, I wish I knew her. <laughs> <laughs> she seems pretty cool. Uh, yeah, you know, but like, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, it's, it's just interesting, man. Like, and I wish that like, you know, a, a big, a big, a big goal of mine with like just even doing something like a podcast now is like to talk about things with a little bit more uh a little bit more depth but also like to talk about like things from the past and contrast them with now right yeah with the sort of like secondary goal of sort of like in real time kind of like picking other people's minds in my own mind about how that could be reflective in sort of work going forward like you know what i mean like creatively uh you know because i feel like like we talked about nope right like i feel like a movie mm -hmm. like nope and you mentioned this in the beyonce album right like it feels like it's designed to be a meme like i feel like there's aspects in like so our art is kind of already in a way reflective of that, the stuff that's being made in a weird sort of way. But right. I feel like there's another way it could be channeled, right? Like, okay. I feel like you don't have to lean into the memeability of things, but yet you could still be reflective of that, you know? Um, and sort of, if this makes any sort of coherent sense, like a lot of, a lot of what I like to do is explore that, like, what does that look like? You know, like I was talking with a, mm. with a screenwriter friend of mine, Scott, about like horror stuff. And I was just like, yo, why don't like, I'm sick of movies not being set now. Like don't avoid the cell phone problem. Like don't mm -hmm. like, you know what I'm saying? Like people talk about movies like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and da 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 da. And I'm like, yeah, a lot of those movies dealt with the era. They were made in the era they came out. Yeah. And they dealt with the, the sort of contemporary era. There weren't period pieces at the time they came out. That's like, right. you know, yeah. so this idea that like everything needs to be set in 80s, the 80s and shit, like, no, like cell phones are a thing. The internet's a thing. It's part of our lives. How do you incorporate into that in a way that's interesting? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I just feel yeah. like 
it's part of now like art should be reflective of the world you live in right like not right. not the, you know that's what's weird to me about artists like robert eggers who's like i'm never gonna make a, i'm only gonna make period movies i'm like i mean go that's off so yeah yeah i'm like i guess yeah. but that's just to me that's why he's not interesting to me like you know what i mean like truthfully like right like i'm not saying like he's a you know like i get why people like like eggers but like for me that's one aspect of why i don't kind of like find his work that appealing is because uh -huh. i know that he's never gonna because he's went out of his way to say he's not he's not ever gonna make a movie that's not a, and i'm like that's a weird way to want to box yourself in you know yeah i mean i see what you're saying i do think i wonder how much of it is just kind of this like mass disillusionment with this era i think that what needs to kind of come out through art now though is this idea of like with all this technology and like how do we hold on to our humanity through this i think that's kind of the artistic question of our time right right and that could be something that should be explored more but it's hard to know how to do that too yeah yeah i don't know like i, I don't know i feel like shit man it's also a thing and i, I don't know I, I know again we're I keep mentioning this, but I know we're around the same age, right? And I, I can only speak for myself personally, but I reached a certain point in my life where I'm hyper aware of like the time I have left, mm. right? Like I'm not like, I'm mm. not like 60, right? But I realized that I'm a lot closer to that than I was when I was in my twenties, right? right? So there, therefore, and in terms of like the things, like I feel like there's, a, there's, a, there's an itch that I have to scratch in terms of my own sort of creative output in terms of like being more prolific, mm -hmm. like um, and sort of the stuff that I do be reflective of sort of my worldview and the things that I want to explore and the ideas and stuff I want to talk about. Um, but doing so in a way that's not, that's more, that's less calculated, right? And more sort of like, because that's the type of stuff that I respond to. Like I respond to stuff like that. And I feel like I feel like because we are inundated with these corporate products, the stranger things. And I listen, I enjoy that stuff for what it is. Right. Mm -hmm. But I do feel like I have a love hate relationship with a lot of that stuff. Some of it's just a hate relationship, like, you know, like straight up, like a lot of it is just a hate relationship, but there's a love hate relationship with some of it. Like I enjoy some of the big, you know, more sort of like problem fair that comes out you know like i i enjoy that um yeah no, me too like i don't not complete i'm not a complete like you know pinky in the air I, like i i don't want to refer to myself as a cinephile because i feel like <laughs> you know what i mean like i don't i just don't want to do it like, like i guess yeah I, I guess you could say that it's i'm too, like too like, french yeah yeah but it's just something about calling yourself a cinephile at a certain age no, like, I, I, I agree yeah. <laughs> i don't call yeah. yourself a cinephile ever like you know so but but you know um, I, I don't know what i'm trying to say is in my long-winded way is the reason i find you know such a interest in this stuff is something that like I don't fully understand like I do but I don't like you know what I mean like and I feel like that is the that is the quest to to be pretentious that is the quest of the artist right like is to to sort of like 
ascertain what it is. And I don't think the goal is to ever really find that out either. Like, you know what I mean? I feel like there should um, be a sense in the work that you're searching. Uh, do you mean like in the artwork, there's like something that you can't quite wrap your head around? Yeah, like you should, I, I like, it, yeah. it, sh it should be something like you feel like you ever, I know, I know you've experienced this where you've watched something and you just feel like this filmmaker is like trying to get at something. And you yeah. kind of understand like they don't quite know it but that's the reason they're making the thing, right? No, I agree. I do feel that too. I especially feel that in like books I read and stuff. Like my yeah. favorite ones are often the ones that are just like, I don't fully understand what they're trying to tell me, but because of that, it's like, the, the, it feels so much bigger than me. And I kind of like that about it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's something to that. I don't know if like the average person likes that when it happens, but yeah, I respond to that also. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And that's the thing. It's like, I feel like, you're right for like the average person or like the sort of, you know, the normie, right? I guess that's another word that I kind of, kind of grown to hate, but, mm -hmm. but, like, but, but, but for the normie audiences, like, I, don't, I feel like that's not really what their concern is, but I don't, I feel like, okay, cool. But like, uh, I feel like the arts should sort of be able to work again, speaking to, to sort of get out and nope. The differences between a movie like Get Out and a Get Out, like, no, it works on one level and then it works on the other level simultaneously. Uh, yep. And I feel like in a movie like Clash, you know, that we talked about, like, while I don't know if it works completely coherently on one level and another level, I do feel like there is mm -hmm. a, an interpretation of this movie that can be viewed as straightforward as, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. um, despite the filmmaker going out of his way to make you know that it's not like, you know what I mean? I do feel like, I feel like there's a certain type of person, a regular viewer could watch this and be like, Oh, that's just weird. And that guy's really a, you know, like a fucking right. ghost. And like, you know what I mean? Like, like, I feel like it could play that way. I feel like, you know, that's mm -hmm. somebody watching it with their brain turned off, but, but I do feel like it is, but I feel like a lot of new movies, there's no, there's no like, yeah, it's, it's like, that duality is not a, a yeah. thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's attempts, but I feel like it's almost like, like I said before, like that shit has become the forefront and not, not. It's true, yeah. I, I, I just, I do feel like kind of popular movies now are afraid to really get too interesting. They feel that they're gonna kind of isolate too many people when they do. Mm -hmm. um, and they, they just kind of, yeah, I, I don't know. It is. It, it is. I, I don't know if it's like a difference in how I've changed, or if like even popular movies have kind of the corporate movies have become too corporate lately. I don't know. It, it's 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 something that's happened, but it is hard for me to kind of really get excited by a lot of them. Um, I always try to find things I like in movies, but yeah, I, like there's there's nothing like it's really rare that I'm going to go see a big movie and come out like that was really interesting, you know. Unless I'm like over reading it or something, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, yeah. Th th there's a new movie on, um, I think it's on Hulu in the US. It's on Disney Plus here called Not Alone, starring Zoe Dutch, where she's like an influencer. And like, I watched it last night. I don't know, I just had this weird experience with it where it's like this movie hates its main character, and I'm kind of not down with that. <laughs> Like, isn't your job as a filmmaker to take this person who's on their surface very unlikable and kind of find the humanity in them? 
It's like the film just kind of seems to despise her. And it's like, why would you waste your time making this? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's weird how like, that's what I, you know, it's funny because uh, what's that Hulu movie? Uh, speaking of Hulu, um, the movie where the girl is like, uh, she she's dating Henry, like, is it, what's the guy, the Winter Soldier? She's dating the Winter Soldier. It's a horror movie. And um, uh, Chris Evans, uh, Fresh? Yeah, Fresh. Like, right. I watched like the depictions of characters and I'm like, they're so arch. Like the men are so arch. They're so hateable. Yep. Like there's, so, you know what right. I mean? They're like, clearly like the filmmaker is passing judgment. Like, like yep. in a way that's like kind of gross. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're like, you know, you're like, mm, like, you know, like it's not, I don't know. Well, like, yeah, yeah, it's weird. It's, it's, it's just, uh, a, yeah, it's a weird thing. Like, all this stuff kind of just becomes these reductive shorthand like even in a movie like promising young woman which is i was thinking of that too when i said that <laughs> you know kind of sets up woman. these yeah. like i think jason schwartzbaum's character is like he's bad supposedly because he has a satiricon poster and he mentions david foster while it's like this shit is so cheap anybody <laughs> can make these jabs like they mean nothing i don't think like you know if you have something to say about those specific works say them but you're just it's just kind of some like internet um it's a meme of, it's like, a meme shit. shit no it's yeah. meme shit it's like if if totally if is. they have if you walk into his house and they have these items red flag yeah. run like they right. you have infinite jest and blah, blah, blah. it's the same yeah. shit it's meme shit like yeah. in in and you see it in movies like it's reflective in the yeah. work so you're right but it is a very it's a way to sh memes are shorthand right that's that's the, that's what they do they're they're a shorthand uh, mm -hmm. uh device right it, it's a way like you distill something down into a joke in a very quick way that gets palatable and you can see it aha it's funny right and i yep. feel like the goal of like a movie our feature link is to a little it's to delve a little bit deeper than that like that's the reason yeah. it's a feature link like you know what I mean? get through that stuff yeah like yeah, subvert like, those memes somehow you know right explore that yeah. beyond just the fucking like oh like yeah this person's automatically uh you can write them off because they do these it's, things it's, yeah so it, it feels like yeah too many movies are just written by the internet these days that that way um, where you know i mean i i watch movies to get off the internet <laughs> i'm like right, i need yeah. an escape from it and it's sad because it's, it's reflective in all the media and all the sort of like i see it like i read a lot of books like and like um mm -hmm. a lot of the new books a lot of sort of the newer books i see it some in, in some of them too like where i'm like okay, like, mm -hmm. this is just the internet, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying? like, like a lot yeah. of the sort of like the voices that you see uh, from a lot of people in the literary space right now are is reflective of that, that where it's like, yeah, there are other people who are pushing against it, you know, um, and are doing interesting stuff in that medium um, that I do that, that I really do dig. But like, I come across a lot of stuff where I'm just like, no, like, this yeah. Is not and I mean, in their defense, it's hard to avoid. It's hard to be offline enough to kind of move your brain away from that long enough to kind yeah. of write a script. That but doesn't it, but talk about that, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. talk about that. That's that's my whole thing. It's like, OK, well, if that's how we live, then explore that. But they don't even explore. My issue is not that they bring it up. My issue is that they don't explore it deeper. Like, you know what I yep. mean? Like, they don't go into sort of like and again, this is a generalization, but like, you know, a lot of people you know, whether they're writing, you know, fiction or whether they write shows or whether they write movies or comics, a lot of people, they just aren't 
even it's not even a consideration you know what i mean like it's not even a consideration for them to even delve beyond that like you know um but what they do i find what's interesting is the things they do obsess about right like Mm -hmm. they do obsess about sort of superficial you know diversity optic stuff you know what i mean but it's like if you really cared that much about sort of like diverse viewpoints and perspectives it would be reflective beyond just the surface level identity of the person or the creator or the character. It would be reflective in sort of the work and it's not because (laughs) you know it's, it's surface level because it's new to them. They didn't, a lot of these like creators didn't cast their films with diversity or draw their comics with diverse characters before they were kind of told they were supposed to, you know, and so that's kind of what you're seeing now is just all these people like, well, we're supposed to have, you know, this cast reflecting these various ethnicities. Um, but if you don't come at that place naturally, if you're doing it because you feel that's the only way you're going to get your film out there or something, of course, it's going to be unnatural. Like, I, I feel like a lot of people who have gone really hard into woke politics in the last five or six years are people who grew up in small towns with conservative parents because it's new to them. It's like, this is their way of kind of like rebelling against that. Whereas, you know, I had like liberal parents. It was kind of, I mean, I'm not saying they were like radicals or anything, but it was just kind of, it it wasn't like this big shock to me. Like, uh, I don't know. It's hard to explain, but I'm, I'm sure you kind of get it yeah, <laughs> like, I think you're, you're definitely on to something with that like when i when it comes to sort of like it being new to these people right like like, like i know people who like I, who used to give me trouble because they thought that my movie reviews were like too political back in the 2000s and now they are the most woke annoyingly woke people you've ever met <laughs> it's like you, you i can't make this shit up you know you, you guys are like just jumping on these trends it's not real for you yeah, and yeah. like I, I'm, I'm happy with it when it is real, but, but it's just, I, I feel like it, you know once those trends change again, you're gonna jump yeah. on whatever the new thing is, and then, and like I don't know, just like figure yourself out and be true to yourself. That's, yeah, that's yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy because it's so obvious because you listen to people like with the language that people use, right? Certain terms that get thrown around. That's right. like, you weren't saying these things like two years ago <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. like like now yeah. you're saying these things with like a level of like authority as if you're an expert you know well um, that's what happened yeah and you it's weren't like even these... interested you weren't even interested in anything like that like you know what i'm saying like yeah. at least at least if i could see a progression towards it but there's no it's like zero to 100 no, like, it's, you know what it's, what it's like well, yeah. this, this is what we're doing now like, like now yeah, all of a sudden funny. you know about intersexual feminism now all of a sudden like right. you know about it now like right. okay <laughs> A phrase I'm sure you never used 10 years ago. Or, yeah, or like, yeah. or even like, it's funny, all these kind of academic like film terms, like mm-hmm. the male gaze, which only people in film <laughs> studies ever used before. You, now yeah. everybody knows what that means, you know? Yeah, That's yeah. like, a, a, and there's like, it's it's funny. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's kind of cool in a way if like those ideas come out there, but you, you've got to be careful who you're talking to because some of them are just kind of out for themselves and they're, they've adopted to this language to get ahead themselves. They're not really interested in whatever the cause they pretend to be interested in is. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that uh, I think it was, it might, it might've been uh, John David Osborne. He was another writer I had on. Um, he was mm-hmm. basically saying something to the effect of 
like he spotted that immediately, like with a lot of people was that like early on, he could see that like, um, that people were sort of utilizing this as a means to sort of engage in careerism. Right. Yeah, it's, it's a social clout thing. A lot. Right. Of right. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, you're not really, you're just doing this to climb the ladder. You're not really doing this because this is a, yeah. a, a, a conviction that you have, you know? Um, and like, that's pretty much my issue with most of it. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. if I respect, I could respect it. If you like, if you really, if that was really a core belief of yours and it would be, you know what I mean? Like, and you really believe that uh, mm-hmm. and you weren't doing it for cynical purposes. Right. Then I could respect it. But like, you're not, you're just trying to like, you're, yeah. you're just climbing the ladder. You know what I mean? Like your little finger in Game of Thrones, you know, you're just. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and at the same time, I mean, you got to wonder also about the people who are so anti-woke in the way, like, what is their agenda? Like, why are you so angry yeah, about yeah, trans it's, people? It's, it's so, you know, yeah, it's, it, it's weird. It, it's not that you just find woke people <laughs> annoying. Is that all of this? Or like, you want to deny people rights because like, it's just weird. Like, it is very weird. It, when you, I'm always like skeptical of people that go hard either way. Right. Yeah. Like if you go way yeah. hard with like the woke stuff, if you go way hard with the anti-woke stuff, it's like the mirror image, reverse mirror image. Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's, like, it's, it's like, it's like, okay. Like being anti-woke isn't an identity or a personality though. No, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like as much yeah. as I, the, the woke shit is annoying. Like don't make your whole personality. Yeah. Like I'm based. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, bro, that's, yeah. that's strange. That's, that's, that's not yeah. like, it's like, it's like, cause yeah. now people will call woke just like some star Wars show with a black person on it. It's like, right. that's what's woke now. <laughs> like, yeah. They're like, just, so anti anything that's even broaching upon like this. Idea. It's like, no, like, that's not yeah. like that's not equally that's equally bad like that's not like you're going yeah. the opposite way extreme that's why not people get jokerified you know what i mean like they just become like yes. fuck it like i'm just gonna be the uh, everything that you say i am going to be i'm like no don't validate their bullshit <laughs> like you know what i'm saying yeah. like like don't turn into the monster that they were fucking de- falsely depicting yeah. you as like you know what i mean like yeah. oh you say i'm gonna be that way that i'm gonna be no, no. <laughs> like I, no I was, yeah i, I was I never that, that happen yeah, yeah i was never that i'm not gonna fucking let you gaslight me into another term i hate but whatever yeah. <laughs> into being something that i never was but yeah. you know i mean it's People a term just that become I... the opposite stereotype of the stereotype they didn't like you know right yeah. exactly it's... right yeah and gaslighting is a real thing um it is definitely a real thing but like it's one of those things that i heard no one saying it before like and no. now they apply it's a, it's it a movie everything. from the 40s yeah yeah right i'm like for i used to think gaslight was like you know like what jack the ripper he killed under he killed women <laughs> under, <laughs> under gaslight the jack the ripper lighting yeah yeah that's the lighting that he committed murders um no but you know like people are just you know so impressionable like you know yeah. what i mean like i don't know like well, pe- yeah pe- people like care too much about looking good as opposed to being good, I, I think. We're all yeah. susceptible to different degrees to suggestion, right? But it amazes me uh-huh. how some people are really extreme cases. Like we're like, they're so susceptible like that it's just like, and the amount of people that are is really crazy. Like it's really, I don't know. No, totally. I mean, it's the subject of like so many things. Like that's what like, you know, things like uh, they live and like invasion mm-hmm. of the body snatchers and like all these type of things that we've seen in both, you know, on books, movies, all different types of stories. You see these type of stories about how 
like that's what it's about it's about this this not this the, the bible <laughs> you know what i'm saying like the the sort yep. of uh the 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 the, the horde right the the mass the masses how how easily sway the masses can be right how people can right. sort of and it's just it's an interesting aspect to humanity i mean it it, it yeah, is that, but it's also all that stuff is onto something yeah yeah but it's also like very disappointing <laughs> you know what i mean like, like it's very disappointing like um mm -hmm. i just like to i just like to have more faith in humanity than i guess it warrants i guess right but i still sort of hold on to that a little bit right like i do like to think that like there is like something beyond just people being their base self like, well there has to be i think i think if you can't believe in people you're you've kind of given up um but it, it <laughs> it's a tough thing to kind of hold on to these days for sure well people, yeah. people i mean i like, struggle with that i i'm always you know what one of the red flag for me is when people like really love animals and they always say oh i love dogs more than i love people and i'm like yeah that's weird i know people are like that yeah i know a lot of people uh, like that i'm like what like nothing you know, wrong with dogs i love dogs right but i don't i'm not pete Buttigieg. i don't murder dogs and for fun yeah but, but you know what i mean but yeah. <laughs> but like at, I'm at the same time yeah, yeah. It's kind of, there's something kind of psycho about saying that right because it's there like, is there's something yeah. really wrong with you you're like reverse <laughs> Or no, you're not. You're like the son of Sam, right? He talked to his dog and then he killed people. <laughs> like you're yeah. fucking, it's the same sort of thing. My dog told me to kill people. I love my dog. You know, like right. you know, like um, um it's it's strange. Like what you'd say of this dog from a fire before a person if it was I, I don't know, yeah, if it was just as easy. It's kind of I think it's there's weird. a lot of people that would run into a fire for a dog and leave a kid. And when I think right. about that, that's really bleak. In fact, in fact, I it feel is. like that's a great. That's a damn. I'm gonna use that or something. <laughs> <laughs> Could be a short, short story. Or yeah, or some kind of story element where a guy runs into a fire and saves a dog and lets a kid burn it. <laughs> that's so dark, <laughs> but it's so wow. dark, but it speaks to like a type of person, right? Fuck yeah, I might clip this out. <laughs> That'd be actually. That would be a funny like backstory for a character. Exactly. Kind of, like, totally. That, yeah. You totally like. Yeah. yeah you did. You let this six year old burn to death, but you saved the damn poodle. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. you know, like that person yeah. walking around now, like just completely fine. Yeah. You know, not you know. Um, and I feel like there's a lot of people who would actually do that. No, people won't say that. Like, let the craziest shit slip, or like even like say it intentionally. Like, remember. And like the 90s and 2000s when really religious people would say stuff like, well, I don't understand if you're not religious, why you, how you could have any ethics because you're not worried about going to hell. It's like, <laughs> what do you mean? So the only reason you're not raping and murdering everyone is because you're afraid of going to hell. That's a fucking psycho thing to say, dude. Yeah, it really, <laughs> it really is. I've said that before too. I'm like, so the only thing that's stopping you the only yeah. thing that's fucking keeping you from yeah. slitting my throat or attempting and that's crazy because there must be a lot of people who think that <laughs> like, like there is a there is a unseen uh boss figure in the sky that, that is keeping you that you won't do it it's like no you should not do that because it's like fucked up <laughs> like, you know what I'm yeah. like, like you should not do that just based just, that shouldn't be the only reason you do something like yeah. and it's very yeah. strange but yeah people do I was say gonna that. suck i can't do it like yeah. i say <laughs> stuff like that and it's a dark joke. Like there's actually humor. Yeah. Like I'm like literally not serious, but like people will say that shit being serious. And you're like, there's like, there's no irony there. There's nothing. You're just like, no, you just, yeah. they'll just let it slip. And, and, it, it, and, and it's, it's true. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really crazy. It's, it's fun. It's, it's a wide world of weirdos. <laughs> 
uh, I should probably get running soon. Um, yeah. So I feel like I never know how to end these things, Mark. You know, I always, I don't. So, uh, <laughs> okay, well, uh, what, what was, is your haven't seen clash of 1984 twice? How do you feel about the film now? Um, I can tell you have a podcast, Mark. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I know. I like asking the questions. So uh, uh, more comfortable for me. I feel, I still feel the same way about it. Um, and if you made it this far in the podcast, I'm gonna go ahead and spoil the ending. So whatever. Uh, yeah. When she gets shot um, by yeah. the guy she's meeting, he kills her. Literally the woman she, man she loves. Like, I felt like that resonated um, just as much as the first time I saw it. Um, Cause if I almost kind of forgot about it from two years ago, I was like, Oh yeah, he does kill her. Uh, yeah, right. yeah, and I was really like, it really sat with me um, and sort of made me think it just validated that like, this is a movie worth, worth watching. Right. Cause the first time, mm -hmm. the first time you see something, it always has that glow, you know, of like, this is the first time you watch it. But the second, yeah. this, the repeat viewings are really what is this sort of, test the true test and i feel like clash passed that test for me where i was like okay yeah this is a movie that's worth you know people's time you know um mm -hmm. yeah what about you this being your first sort of uh time seeing it what were you, how what did you take away from it did you did yeah, you overall I mean, did you like it or i mean i would say overall like i respected it i, I feel like it's a it, it accomplishes what it sets out to do and but it is a kind of a minimalist it's more minimalist than i tend to like kind of these horror thrillers to be a lot but yeah. i think you know it, it's it's a respectable effort for sure um yeah i sorry i kind of lost my train of thought there i feel yeah i, I do think it's it's a minor film I would say it's a, it's a minor work, but like a respectable one. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that's a fair, that's a fair criticism. It is definitely has a minor feel to it. And I do feel like uh, it doesn't have the, like, I don't know while I'm sitting here before I let you go, uh, his other move, the other movie I mentioned, Night of Death, that that's feels- That's a good title. Yeah. That movie feels more- accomplished like in a way or maybe it's just accomplished isn't the right word uh it just felt like like both movies are atmospheric and i will say this this movie is definitely atmospheric right yeah. but i feel like uh his other movie um just in terms of a, it's still a slow kind of moving horror movie right mm -hmm. um but it i feel like that for genre fans or for genre heads i feel like that movie delivers on the promise that a movie like Clash sets up for somebody first like you know what I mean like that's what I feel okay. about it we're like like if you see this movie and you're like oh this is a this is an interesting sort of voice doing sort of genre stuff like mm -hmm. I'm interested in sort of seeing what's next you know um I feel like that the second movie Night of Death sort of like lives up to that promise and it is a later movie it's 1990 oh, okay so, yeah 
Yeah, so, I read that one like takes place. Or in, like, no, it's a, not. Oh, I'm stupid. Um, no, it's not. It's 1980, so it came out before. Oh, so it's before. So it okay. didn't. So he he let he didn't fulfill his promise. He he came out with a bang. <laughs> right, and is <laughs> that one kind abstract. of like a? No, well, is that it, like all like in the same setting too? Like I read it's in a senior's home or something. Yeah, it's just all set in the senior's home, but there's far obviously because it's the senior's home. There's more characters. One, um, but I feel like it's a stronger genre work um not to say that clash isn't with doesn't have its strengths it does but like you said it is overall sort of more of a i don't mean reductive when i say it's a minor work i like and like you said it's a it does feel small mm -hmm. like you know what i mean mm -hmm. and i feel like even though his other movie is his earlier movie um which is still crazy to me that that's earlier uh it's, it doesn't have that, like it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like epic, but it doesn't feel, and maybe that's just due to the conditions right. of the of the plot, which is like one woman in an empty warehouse as opposed to a woman in a home full of a bunch of old people, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. yeah, yeah. So check okay. out Clash if you can. I I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. I'm I usually pick movies that are. There, there is a version. I saw YouTube, it on YouTube. Yeah, but YouTube. probably not of the best quality. I don't I, think I'd, I'd imagine you can at least import the Blu-ray pretty easily. Yeah, the, the, the version we watched is definitely not on YouTube, but but there is a version mm -hmm. on YouTube. Uh, it might actually, like I said, enhance, ironically enhance the atmosphere uh, uh, if you see okay. that degraded version, um, because this new version is a lot more pristine. So yeah, uh, yeah. check out well Clash. Well shot movie. Well or shot. 98 minutes. Yeah. It has some, it, it doesn't have a little, it has a little bit of some like Giallo vibes in it. Like, um, oh, um, for sure. You know, it so does. If that's your cup of tea, um, check Childhood it out. Trauma and Childhood a lot of Giallo. trauma. Yeah. Weird music. Yeah. If you like to like be traumatized and <laughs> <laughs> check it out. And uh, thanks. Thanks. All your uh, trauma buffs. Check yeah thanks thanks again mark for for coming on man it was great. no thank as, you for having me it's great as great always time. to chop it up with you and like, like i said i know we can talk about movies forever so yeah yeah man. Good um, times. so yeah i guess this is the end Thank you.